0: at the end of time
1: 13
0: o'clock Hey, everybody, what's going on? <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Always, like, right in the middle. Of yeah, this. I'm fucking up with you talking to other people and shit before well, the show. Well, see, shows that's and... what I mean. You have to, like, Yeah. you have to know what time the shit is and, like, yeah. prepare accordingly. Yeah. So is this light okay, or is it too bright, or what? It was way too bright earlier, and I turned I think that it's okay. one off. Looks, you think it it's okay? okay right I mean, it looks okay to so me. So
1: running that, and then getting rid of that one, we can do that for this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I just turned All that right. one off there, because it seemed kind of glaring. But uh, yeah, so hey everybody, happy Wednesday night. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah turn, it on, turn it down. Yeah, because that's gonna You're drive right. that's gonna drive me crazy. All right. But yeah, so uh, this is gonna be kind of a grim show this evening.
1: No, the serial killer show.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know this is like a weird thing to say, but these ones uh, are not. I don't know. I guess because I'm really interested in true crime and really interested in serial killers. Like for some reason, these are a lot easier for me to research I don't know what it is you get my drink, okay. I guess because I'm just like more interested in all the stuff but and this guy it's really strange to me that um this had actually been in the rotation for a while um and I don't remember if one of you guys like uh recommended it or something like that but this is a guy that doesn't really get talked about all that much even though I mean, basically, he was, like, the Ted Bundy before Ted Bundy. You yeah, know what he I mean? Was like,
1: he's not the original Night Stalker. He's the original fucking Bundy.
0: Pretty much. Like, the it's, like, Bundy. the, you know, like, his victim profile and, like, the way he went about things, like, his pathology seems very similar to Ted Bundy, but this guy was operating before Ted Bundy. Maybe it's because this dude, he's still alive, by the way, he's serving a life sentence in uh, prison in Michigan, but... It might be because he was technically only convicted of one murder because that was the one that they had the most evidence on, but they're pretty sure that he did at least seven. Um, And, you know, but they just didn't have enough, uh, you know, evidence to get him on those and they wanted to get him off the streets. So they did. Um, I watched a couple documentaries about this and I read a book about it that came out in the seventies. That's just called the Michigan murders and it's actually really good. So it gave like a lot more, background. Although one weird thing that it did, I guess it's not that weird, like considering, but one weird thing that it did was that it changed everyone's names, which I think the only names that it didn't change were maybe like some of the investigators and stuff that worked on it, but it changed all the victims' names. It changed the alleged killer's name. And I just thought that was really strange. So when I was reading it, I was just kind of like, had to be like, okay, well, which person is he talking about now? Because that's not the person's real name. So I had to keep like looking it up. But other than that, there's like a lot of really good details about there. And it's actually, if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can read it for free because that's how I read it. So if you're interested in more details about the case, then, uh, then you can read it because I just kind of just sped bread it, <laughs> like, over the last day or so, like, while we were getting ready for the show. But, yeah, I was telling Tom a little bit about it yesterday, and then he told me to stop talking about it, because yeah, I was bumming him out. Yeah,
1: we were, uh, <laughs> we were, we were in the fucking uh, Chinese buffet, what, weren't we? No, 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 no. No, we were... We were getting ready to... We were,
0: getting. We were, ready, like... We were streaming. Yeah, we were on the stream Yeah, show.
1: we were on fucking stream <laughs> I'm trying to... Stay rocked up. She's telling me about fucking Syracuse. <laughs> like, no, no, stop talking about it. Try to throw me out of it. I
0: wasn't really. I was yeah. just like making conversation.
1: Try, yeah. But yeah. He's a fucking erection killer. <laughs> I'm talking about that shit.
0: Well, I mean, that's a good sign though, because yeah. it's like it. it would be like know, really fucked know. up I if, if yeah. I started talking about that and you yeah. were like, oh, oh, tell me more, and then you got all, yeah, yeah. But you know we had
1: (laughs) the what we worked this morning man it's a wild shit went down but we can't talk about it here it's pretty good we had a pretty good morning we did yeah. yeah it's like
0: like i said it's kind of like we slow but show, it yeah. but it goes but um but yeah it's once you start one like a lot of other people start jumping in yeah
1: you open up a show in private and all of a sudden all these other dudes start jumping in. we had like six or seven with like suggestions and whatnot going oh damn <laughs> i got the camera in my hand with a light on it you know what i mean i'm being a cameraman and fucking getting involved and shit and they're trying to tell me what to do and it's all conflicting you know what I mean? Yeah, you got five or six, well, dudes, yeah,
0: go. you five or six dudes in there. Yeah. They yeah. Don't, like. well, well now I can't different. do
1: that, then we'll lose the angle, <laughs> and I'll be in too much in the shot, and fucking, you might be by, but these other dudes are probably, you know, straight. They're just looking at her, so I don't want to get involved in them in the shot, you know what I mean? But it's just technical issues, man.
0: Yeah, well, technical you know, we're issues. working it out. Yeah. We, tomorrow... We'll, I'm just ignoring them now. We'll probably do, like, yeah. most of the day tomorrow, yeah. because we don't have... You know, because we, do. we don't have anything else yeah. going on. Well, that's not that I know of, unless I get some other job or something like that early in the morning. Yeah, but we'll see.
1: We're getting to where we're not we're not drinking in there because we did the math, and if we drank during all that shit, we'd be alkies in about a month.
0: Yeah, big time. So, well, yeah, if we're gonna start doing that, like pretty much every yeah. day, it's like obviously yeah, right? you can't it's get too much. It alcohol. is kind of nice to have one or two because it kind of loosens yeah. you up a little bit. But it's like, yeah, we can't really get in the habit of doing yeah. that. Still gonna drink on this shit though.
1: Yeah. I can drink on these shows.
0: Yeah, because this is, like... Let
1: me go make sure the ice uh, is, is
0: running. Okay. I mean, I think it was, but... Do we have
1: enough water supply?
0: I do not know. I did not look. But, yeah, so, like I said, I'm not really sure why this dude isn't better known. There are, like, some uh, documentaries about it on YouTube. Not all... I'd, you know, I don't really want to say this, but a lot of them weren't super... I couldn't watch all of them, but... There was one that um, that was actually pretty good that used a lot of news footage and stuff like that from the Times. So it was like contemporary, and that was really interesting too because that had all of the um, you know people that worked on the case, and it's like and then it showed you like the crime scenes, like or not you know not the anything like horrible or anything like that, but it just kind of showed you where this stuff happened. So it really kind of gave you a, a better you know better handle on it. And, you know, I thought Tom might find this interesting because he lived in Michigan for a while and uh, he had never heard of this either. But it was, well, a little bit before his time, I guess. This happened from 1967 and 1969, a two-year period. And like the first ones that he did, like he did one and then allegedly, allegedly, uh, he did one and then it was like a year before he did another one. But then like it started picking up, like they would get like closer together. So, yeah. Um, well, hey, Pokey. What's up, Po? All right, so do we have anything else, anything we need to talk about before we get into the main thing? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean,
1: you know, the first 10, 15 minutes is just mostly a warm-up and anything, making sure everybody's coming in getting into the show. Yeah. Like a little intro. Yeah. So, uh, no,
0: I I think they're here. Yeah, so everybody, like, Murder Hornet's here, Sebastian's here, Ben's here, Tammy's here. Okay. Like, you know, most of the, a lot of the regulars are here. Yeah. So, that's good. Just let it roll. Yeah. Now, um, are you familiar with, uh, you you know, you lived in Michigan for a while. Are you familiar with Ann Arbor or Ypsilanti? Yep. That's about where most of these took place. Although, one of the victims uh, that he allegedly killed um, was in Salinas, California, yeah. And uh, we'll get into that, too. And something, too, that was interesting is one victim that um, gets brought up a lot in the tally, somebody else actually got convicted of that one murder, mm-hmm. which they pretty much suspected from the beginning. They weren't entirely sure if it was the same perp or not. Um, but they found out later on through DNA that it wasn't. But all the other ones were almost certainly the same guy because the MO was very, very similar. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm just warning you, it's, this one's a little rough.
1: Yeah.
0: Like um, how the how the victims were found and stuff like that because this dude was a fucking monster all right i'm imagining he still is a monster even though he has never confessed he still maintains that he is innocent of all charges Mm. and um and apparently some of his family does too i don't know what to make of that but
1: i don't know the details
0: yeah, I mean the you'll see players. when when they get when we get into like the evidence and stuff. And I know this was like late '60s, so they didn't have DNA, they didn't have all that other kind of stuff. But I think there was—I mean, in the aggregate, I think there was, um, you know, sufficient circumstantial evidence to be like, yeah, it's yep. it's almost like 99%. It's got to right. be this guy. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, <laughs> even though he only got convicted of one. So yeah, as I mentioned, uh, this is generally called the Michigan Murders. Although this guy has also been called the coed killer or the Ypsilanti Ripper. I've heard him called that as well. Uh, and like I said, this is a series of seven murders, uh, you know, six of those taking place in Michigan, one of them taking place in California, which they're pretty sure are this motherfucker. Now, all of the victims were young women. Uh, the youngest was 13, although most of them were university students. So they were like in their early 20s, like late teens, early 20s. And um, all of them were pretty much either like kidnapped or they were picked up like you know like Ted Bundy would do where he'd be like hey you want to ride somewhere you know it was the late '60s everyone was hitchhiking and shit like that so he would pick them up that like that usually um, and then he would take them to some remote location and um, do really horrible shit to them uh, usually rape them usually uh, torture them usually beat them uh, really really badly and then usually murder them. Usually strangulation uh, or stabbing, although he did shoot a couple of them uh, among doing all of the other things. And we know
1: this is his pattern because some of them survived?
0: They did not.
1: Okay. Just when they found the bodies, there were signs of all that? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. No one survived this dude?
0: No. Um. The only people that survived were people that... uh, you know, because one thing that he would do was he would kind of cruise around, being like, "Hey, you want to ride?" Or was he, you know, like approach women in the street and stuff? Mm-hmm. And pretty much the only people that survived were like, uh, "Yeah, no."
1: Yeah, people said no. Well, they didn't go through the they didn't go through his te- his fucking techniques. So we don't know exactly how he did that. I was always fascinated on how they did that, how they actually committed it. That was, like, one of the things that really upset me about the damn toolbox murders. Yeah, Because some of it was recorded. and There's right. transcripts of it that describe what had happened, some of it. And those dudes are fucking dirtbags, man. Beyond dirtbags. Oh, dirt big bags. time. And you looked at him, and you go, you fucking dirtbag. Yeah. And I, mean, I just look at the dude, and I go, yeah.
0: See, but that's yeah. what's creepy about this dude, is that much like Ted Bundy, this dude looked completely yeah. clean cut. Yeah. Normal. Most people said he acted real normal. Um, You know, he was, in high school, he was, like, a star athlete. He was, like, co-captain of the football team. He was, like, a jock type. He was a baseball player. He was all, and, um, you know. He's got his pick of the girls. Well, and and that's the weird thing is that he did. Like, even his roommates, because he was in a frat and everything. And, like, and his roommates would say, man, he was real good with the ladies. Like, sometimes he'd come home. Uh, you know, over the weekend, and he'd have like two or three of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then he'd like take them in his room.
1: Yeah, well, that just means that he was uh, somehow compartmentalized where he had a normal side, a player's side, but then there was something wrong with him where he's uh, really sexually sadistic. See, and what he really wants to do, they're not going to let him do. Like, he wants right. to cut pieces of them off or something like that. And, and you know, no woman's going to put up with that.
0: But uh yeah, no. <laughs> so he's
1: taking he's taking the he's getting the cream. You know what I'm talking about. He's grown up getting the cream, uh, just the best of the best. But that's not enough for him. That's not what he's satisfied. That's not what he's fantasizing about. He's trying to take it to another level, beyond BDSM. It's BDSM until someone dies.
0: All right. Uh yeah. Which uh, yeah, if you so. ask
1: me, this is worse than a dirt bag. That's even worse.
0: Yeah. Well, he got away with have, it for a could, really long you time. You don't too. even
1: have it. If, if this is how it went, we're, we're going to find out. If you had everything, all the good shit life had to offer, and then you even wanted to do this, so you're not doing it out of hatred, you're doing it because you're fucking spoiled, because you, you got this weird kink, oh no, that makes you even worse. I can kind of understand it better when dude lived a miserable life and was fucking fucked with his whole time, and he just... Became a ball of hatred. I can understand that. Yeah, it's like you, yeah, you don't didn't even condone it. You
0: don't condone it, but no, you I'm do not. understand. You still it. gotta die, right? But I
1: understand. I, I still understand. But yeah, motherfuckers like this are even yeah.
0: more mystifying because yeah. it would seem, like you said, he was a good-looking dude. Yeah. Uh, he was athletic. Like I said, didn't really seem to have any trouble getting girlfriends. Um, you know, he was a college student. He, everyone said he was very intelligent. And actually, the only thing they said he was mostly normal, although um, some people did say that under certain circumstances like he had a real quick temper and yeah. they were like so much so that they were like uh flabbergasted by it because they he yeah. just seemed so normal and gentle and everything like that but it's like he could turn on a dime and get like yeah. this like uh, a real violent temper yeah um even though a lot of his friends didn't say that but some of his friends did say that they had seen him act like that and that it surprised them
1: that doesn't make you a serial killer though no 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 a lot but of I, guys have that and they're right. not doing this
0: but i'm just saying that's yeah. pretty much the only thing that well, that was the only thing that people knew about him, like at the time. They I'm, found out some shit about him. I'm like, getting a
1: feeling just from the back, just from his backstory, the background that you're giving me right now, what you're dealing with is a dude that thinks he deserves more than what he has, and he already has everything. So in other words, a huge ego, huge ego, yeah. and he's got some kind of a sexual sadistic streak in him that somehow was there. I don't know if it's genetics or who knows. Could be that. It was easy for him to get women, so therefore he turns on them like they're all hoes. You know that.
0: It might of, have been something. Might have been that. something like that. Well, the weird thing about it was that it seems like like he didn't have his childhood didn't seem to have been abusive or anything like that. Now his mom uh, was a single mother again. The the thing was where she would kind of like hook up with a dude, and then he would turn out to be, like, an abusive drunk or something like yeah. that. And then she would, like, you know, dump him or he would take off or whatever. Yeah. So after a while, she just said, fuck it. And, um, you know, she just became a single mom. He had two siblings. Mm-hmm. And an interesting thing was that this his sister, and I can't remember what her name is, but um her sister, I think, was maybe older. But she got into some spot of trouble. Where she, got, like, got pregnant when she was real young or something. Like, not real young, but she was, like, an older teenager. And that... Um, <laughs> basically he just wrote off his sister he just called her a bitch and thought she was a disgusting whore and shit like that so he almost had this weird kind of because we'll find out later on too he had a thing about he did not believe that women should have their ears pierced because the holes like messed up their bodies and he was super disgusted by women's periods that too
1: some kind of weird Madonna horror complex
0: yeah it definitely exactly. does seem like that's kind of what this yeah. motherfucker had going on because they yeah we'll get into that in a little he's, bit
1: he's real egotistical doesn't have any problem getting women um, sees them kind of as disposable uh, doesn't like part, certain parts of female behavior and kind of more. he, he thinks he's more moral than them yeah, I got that impression. Of, part of female behavior is immoral, so therefore they deserve punishment. Something like that. A lot. Part of the, you know, men and women have fucking weird ways of looking at each other. You can't really, ju- as a as a man, you cannot judge a woman's thought process by male values. It, they're very different. Um, because they're seeing the world through different eyes, that they, they're, they're not seeing th- through male eyes. Well, generally, Their priorities uh, are very different.
0: The, they, our experiences they, are quite right. different. Here's an example:
1: You could have a girl who's she's single, she's in a club. This is actually somebody I know told me this story. And I checked it with Jenny. I probably used it before on the show. She's single, she's at a club, she's lonely. She sees a guy who's okay, but she's not exa- he's not exactly the kind of gu- she's not exactly the guy that she's looking for. She kind of lowers the bar a little bit to go home with this guy, and they have a thing. It might last a week or so. But then it doesn't work out and then he's gone. She's back at the same club. She sees another guy who she likes. She raises the bar and makes it harder for that dude. He's now got to prove himself to her, because uh, she likes him. Because she likes that, and one. she sees that
0: right. maybe going somewhere. So
1: the dude fucking jumps all the hurdles and jumps through all the rings and fucking gets her. Fucking, he's like, damn, this must be a high, va- very valuable woman, man. It took me a week to get in these drawers. So he's back at the club, and uh, his buddy says, "Oh, you're going out with her?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, she was, she's uh." Fucking tough not to crack, man. Fucking, uh, t- oh, for a year, for a week I was chasing that. Oh, her? Oh, she's an easy fuck. I fucked her on the first date just here for a couple, couple weeks back. And there was that dude, right? Well, he's going
0: to be like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Well, he's going to be But to me, that like, makes completely into, and like we talked about this, and be- I said that makes complete sense. I explained. Yeah, exactly. but the, not to that guy. Well, to no, not to that that's guy. Right guy. I've been tricked, you know? To a girl, that she must,
1: he, she must not like me, or because she raised the bar on me, she must like this dude. Over, that's what his first thing that he would chop. That's that's the conclusion. That <laughs> no, that's exactly the opposite, and it's the opposite. It's exactly but you that. see, you're looking through it through a male's eyes, because it's easy to fuck a guy if you're a woman. All right, it's, you know, all you got to do is single, show some interest, if you got, yeah. If you show some interest, you nice slobber to him. He's going <laughs> to hit. If he's single and he's got nothing <laughs> not to lose. Always, he's going to hit. Like, you know, so his priors are totally different. And then there's the thing of hypergamy. Most of the women are chasing the top 10% of the guys. The rest of them get kind of, top 20% of the guys, the rest of them get kind of cut out. So they see all these women going for the guys that have more to offer, which kind of they're like, oh, fuck those bitches. You know what I mean? But they would do the same thing if they were women. They wouldn't go out for the average guy. The average guy doesn't have much to offer. They're gonna go for the above average. That's guys. what
0: kinda of pisses me off. It's like dudes are always like yeah. whining about this and that yeah. and the other's about women doing yeah. this and that. I'm like, you bitches do the same they, thing. They what are you com- fucking crying about? No,
1: no, they don't do the same thing. The average guy will fuck a below average woman. Or an average woman. That doesn't mean he'll stay with her. Well, yeah, but, but, the, but I mean but it, women will do the same it, thing. Right? It's just the priorities women have more to lose yeah, than guys with. do from it. And uh, no matter what there's something just ingrained in a woman she wants a guy who has higher status than him that makes more money and people like him you know they very rarely go out with a guy that makes less money for them and is less popular than them they're not a catch okay so these forces that go on some of these six fucks like possibly this dude they can't grasp that they may be on the, in that top 20% actually getting women. But then they don't... They devalue these women in their own mind. Well, look at what... Look at how they are. Look at what yeah. they do. You know? This yeah, definitely, I'm getting it, but these are all whores. They're not worth it.
0: Anymore. This definitely came across as this a motherfucker. This probably outfit.
1: what you're talking about with this type He of
0: seems guy. very... Even though some of his girlfriends... Because they did, like, after all of the shit came out, they did interview, like, several of his girlfriends, or, like, girls he had dated. Um, some of them... Just couldn't say enough nice about him. They said, oh, he was he was lovely, you know, we never, you know, we just kind of drifted apart or whatever. Um, some of them did come up with some crazy shit about him, but not really. So, he did seem to know how to behave himself around yeah. most women. Yeah. But it did seem like, I don't know if it just happened that, like, he would get one woman and she just, like, made him mad somehow, or... Yeah. Something and then something just like fucking snapped in his brain. It seemed like because, Before, like I said, his roommates used to say he used to bring like these real hot, like you know, big titted women. You know, they didn't say big titted back in the sixties, but they, they would say oh, the well built or yeah, something saying, like that. They were stacked, kind of stacked. Yeah, th- yeah, that that was one word that they used in that yeah. book. But yeah, it so, seems like he would always and and his roommate, like I said, said we were all like, goddamn, dude. Like he would yeah. come in with like two yeah. or three of them. Yeah. Like sometimes in the weekend, like take him up to the room. You so know he, what I mean?
1: He was a man, right? Before we get. Before we get too far away from the subject if you're listening to this program and you're a man chances are you're average just because you're an average man doesn't mean you're gonna be a loser you have chosen to be an average man you chose this you may just not understand it but do your research read fucking Musashi everything you do and everything you are is because you made a series of choices all right if you don't want to in the eyes of an average woman The average man is invisible. So what you want to do is you don't want to be average. You have to become visible. You become visible by... Achieving status, achieving success. Yeah, not going not, to the gym.
0: Not like that. Not like that POA, PUA thing where they're just like, "Ooh, wear a silly hat or wear some crazy clothes no. so you'll stand." Don't don't do that. No, job. that's
1: even worse. That's even then worse. Then you just look like a fucking clown. Then you
0: just look like a dork. Yeah. <laughs> join like join, mystery or whatever yeah. that fucking dude's name join was. Join
1: a group of dudes
0: that are <laughs> badasses. Make dude
1: friends and bro friends and fucking go work out <sighs> and go do good shit. And build a good status with men and fucking make money and fucking dress sharp the way women like to dress. You like women to dress the way you dress, jerking it to that damn porn and them fucking outfits that they got on. You say, "Well, oh, that's the way they should look. What about you? How are you going to look? Well, see, they never like, think they don't have, have to do it.
0: They don't think they got to do it. Only of got Me
1: and Jen to be in the club and some little fucking five foot two dude talking shit about a woman he could never get. And I'm looking at what he's wearing like a dude. You look like a fucking toad. <laughs> and what you're, what you're wearing has no fucking style at all. Okay, so... A lot of brothers know exactly what I'm talking about. you got to look right for the target market or whatever kind of woman you're trying to attract. You don't go to a goth club dressed like a tennis pro. You're going to get fucking laughed out of there. But that tennis pro outfit, you go to a fucking country club, you probably do well. Yeah. If it, everything has Read to fit. Read the room. Fit. There's rules. <laughs> There's rules to shit. You're yeah. not going to go into a biker bar dress like a fucking golf kid and fucking get any respect from them. Women, you better show up and look like a fucking biker. Okay? It's, it, it applies everywhere. You can't be a scholar and dress like a dude from Harvard and go hang out with the fucking Mongols or the fucking, or the fucking warlocks and get respect with them. They're going to fucking hate you. They're just going to think you're a pussy. And the women are going to laugh at you. So it's just... That's the rules. So just because you're average, you chose to be average, you don't have to be average. Be, improve yourself, become visible.
0: Well, we, you know, and you well, can I think do we, it at almost any age. I think we talked about that a lot when we were talking yeah. about like that fucking Elliot Roger motherfucker, because mm-hmm. we got yeah. all we got all into like midtown yeah. and all that kind of crap. And here's
1: another thing: just because you have the visuals, that that doesn't mean they're gonna fucking take you. You could have the right height. You could be six feet tall. You could have the money. You can have a six pack. You could be wearing the right clothes. If you open in your if you open your mouth, they don't like what's coming out of it. You're off the list. Your appearance just gets you in the door.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you That's gotta all. have some shit to back that up, yep. too. I'm just saying. Yep. Like I said, I've said this lots of times. If
1: you're some asshole rich kid from the Middle East, you can pull up in a fucking Bugatti or Ferrari or whatever. Those girls aren't gonna fucking give a shit. If you're a dick. If you're cool, then, you know, yeah. But chances are, you know, you have a guy from Saudi Arabia pull up. besides probably listening to me, my buddy from Saudi Arabia. You pull up in a fucking supercar... Okay, and you're foreign, those, the, the, those women, their guards immediately going to go up, you know, because there's stories, you know.
0: Well, honestly, yeah. anytime I see a dude pull up in a car like yeah. that, I'm always like, "What's wrong with that dude? What yeah. is he? What is he compensating for?" Well, that, well, that might be a cheap <laughs> car for him because they got so much money, right? But, but it's women like, are
1: stupid; they know. Yeah, this motherfucker's loaded. It's all a right? little sus. I'm gonna go and give up the give up the snatch to this dude, and he's gonna stay? No, he's gonna run right through you. He's got fucking hundreds of girls like you. So yeah, a lot that's of the girls the are just like I said. We're and not nope, we're nope, not dumb.
0: Nope, they're not dumb. <laughs> We've hey. seen that shit. Yeah, we know what that we know what that's about. Yep, we know what that's about. I, I don't know are they do they think they're impressing other dudes because I don't I mean I would hate to um, think they're impressing women because they're not impressing
1: other dudes I think
0: it's probably that.
1: uh they're fantasizing that they're impressing women but they're mostly impressing other dudes
0: yeah because it's, like, it's
1: like muscularity it well, doesn't really impress women they 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 they're attracted but it doesn't really impress them impress mostly dudes
0: yeah Well, I mean, I think the same thing kind of applies, like, a lot of times if women, like, get real dressed up and, like, shit like that to go out, it's not so much because they want a bunch of, like, dudes ogling them, it's like they kind of want to look good compared to, like, other women, or they want other women to be like, oh, you look hot, you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. Two
1: equal dudes, all things being equal, one dude's fucking really scrawny or fat, the other guy's fucking semi-jacked, she's gonna take the jacked guy. You know, if if everything else being equal
0: yeah i mean if yeah. they're both yeah if they so if I they're both everything the, else beating. right like if the jack if the jack dude is a is a douche yeah that's not being equal, then though. that's not equal, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying right, but yeah. So, uh, okay, so we seem to have wandered far afield yeah. so early in the show. Just talking but, about yeah.
1: what this motherfucker's motivations is. I'm over Maybe. It, and I'm like I said, I'm, psychic fucking-
0: I'm not sure because I did read a little bit about his childhood. But as I said, it didn't seem. I'm not saying that it wasn't abusive because, like I said, his mom did kind of go through a couple of husbands that seemed like abusive drunks that took off. So, yeah, that's traumatic and everything. But I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really seem like his pathology is came from like a traumatic kind of childhood he really seems to have some kind of like really wildly misogynistic uh kind of thing going on that is usually keeps it pretty low-key he's able to kind of like cover it up but you know it comes out when he's frustrated or when he gets angry about something and like i said when we talk about what he did to some of these women Um, it's, um, you know how that, you know, they say overkill. Yeah. Um, yeah, because this is a rage monster. Yeah. And this is like, um, well, and I don't even know if I'd so much call it that because it seemed in a lot of ways to be uh, somewhat calculated, like Uh the torture that he did. Um, and he had a weird thing too, where he would come back to the bodies
1: Okay, so he's uh, he's a necrophile.
0: I don't well, yeah. They're not entirely sure yeah. because well, they're like, well, well some of the women that were, you know, they know they were raped, but they weren't sure if they were raped while they were still alive or after they were dead. So there could be a necrophile. Yeah,
1: When you look at Ridgeway and some of the other ones, when they're and, and even even with Buddy, when they went back to a body, it was because it was for free.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of thinking that's yeah. probably one. Ridgeway
1: was... was such a piece of shit; they'd be rotten, and he. I can't understand that.
0: Well, I kind of feel like that might have happened here, too, because this dude, Collins, um, he kept them somewhere, Mm -hmm. and then he would dump them, and then he would go back to, like, look at it. Kept them alive? No.
1: Okay, kept them dead for a while.
0: Like, for a a little, like, a few days. Okay. And then he would go and dump them someplace. Now he's
1: using them as a sex doll.
0: Probably, of
1: course, yeah.
0: So I'm kind of assuming now they think that they know that some of them were raped while they were still alive, but yeah. um, but they they're not sure because the thing is, by the time they usually found the bodies, they were like world decomposed,
1: right?
0: So because he dump, would dump them outside, and then they would find them. You know what I mean? So yeah, if I didn't mention it, this guy's name is John Norman collins although he's also known as john norman chapman although i'm not going to call him that because he only changed his name and i don't even know what the legalities of all this are he changed his name because he was trying to get i don't even remember what what the deal with this was he was trying to get extradited or something like that like to canada like to be imprisoned in canada because he thought and so i thought he was just like oh so changing his name was gonna have to i don't know what all the all the thing about that but you know what i mean so that's kind of like he it didn't work like i said he's still in prison they were like yeah you're not going anywhere bud uh so i'm not gonna call him by that name even though that technically is i guess his legal name now but he's mostly known by john norman collins because that was the name that he was uh born under so he was actually picked up um a week after the last murder that he committed and honestly the fucking, the story of, like, how they caught him is kind of crazy, because they kind of had him I don't know if they necessarily had him on their radar, like, they brought him in, like, on one of the earlier cases, but they kind of dismissed him, and this just kind of goes to show, and especially probably more so back in the 60s, because, you know, there was a whole thing about like, oh, all the hippies and all those troublemakers on the college campuses and shit like that, so a guy that was, like, super clean cut, like he was, like, he had real short hair, and he was just, like, real, you know, and he seemed real personable, and uh, you know a little bit conservative and stuff like that so um they probably didn't think that anybody like that such a nice young man could do something like this um so i think that maybe uh that might have helped him out too like was, he kind of went under the radar uh uh you know under the radar because he didn't really look like somebody that would do this kind of shit you know so maybe that but yeah, so he was put in prison in 1970, and he's still there. Like I said, he's still alive. I'm not sure how old he is. He looks like crap now, but like I said, I, I will admit he was like a good-looking dude like back in the old day, old days, um, and I can see how he wouldn't have had problems getting women, but yeah, so this is probably like the worst fucking person you, you could come across. You didn't
1: have to upload a picture of him that you
0: could... He's use on the um, the thumbnail. Okay. Thumbnail. He's okay. on the thumbnail, and that's okay. like right after like that was when they arrested him, that okay. picture, I think um but yeah so five murders that they're pretty sure attributed plus a sixth one that took place in california when he was actually on vacation out there but yeah we'll get into that so the first known victim of this allegedly of this uh collins person was a 19 year old young woman her name was mary flesher i think is how you pronounce her last name at least i saw a documentary and that was how they pronounced it so i'm assuming that that's correct Um, she went to Eastern Michigan University. Almost most of the victims actually went to Eastern Michigan University or uh, whatever the other one was, like University of Michigan, I guess. Like in those two cities. Um, So she was last seen on July 9th, 1967. Uh, A neighbor saw her walking toward her apartment in Ypsilanti. Now, one thing that the neighbor did remember, they said while she was walking, and it was kind of like evening, while she was walking back to her apartment, the neighbor said that he see, he saw this kind of clean cut looking young man in a kind of a bluish gray Chevy, like kind of driving alongside her. And it seemed as though, like he couldn't hear what the guy said, but it seemed as though the guy was maybe trying to get her to, like trying to pick her up or like to, trying to get her to get in the car. And he said, so... He's, like, so he saw her, like, two times, like, you know, he stops and, like, says something and she shakes her head and keeps walking, like, trying to ignore the dude. And then he pulled up along an- again and, like, said something else to her and she, again, like, shook her head and kept walking. And then the neighbor said at that point, like, he couldn't see them anymore because they, like, turned a corner or something like that. So he didn't know what happened uh, after that. So uh, what happened after that, unfortunately, was i don't know if she eventually got into the car with him willingly or if he forced her into the car when no one was looking um but later on uh they actually found uh her body it was almost a month later it was on august 7th like two teenage boys found her um it was like on an abandoned farm like out in a field
1: what month was this again did they say
0: well, she was last seen in early July, like July 9th, 1967. And then they found her on August 7th. They found summer. her she's, body.
1: She's staking. Yeah. rot rotten as hell.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So, when they found her, like, the two boys... Well, here's the fucked up thing. Like, in the book, like, the two boys that found her, they thought, at first, they couldn't even tell that it was a person. They weren't actually even sure it was a person. Okay. Um, they thought it was a deer at first. But then they saw something. I think they saw, like, an ear or, like, part of a hand or something like that. And they right. were just, like, whole shit. And then they had to, like, go and call the cops. You know what I mean? Must
1: have been balled up or something.
0: Um, I don't think it was, but it was, like, just... They said it was just... I know mean, this is fucked up, but it, they describe it, like, pretty well in the book. Um, where it was just kind of, like, black and, like, you couldn't even tell. Like, they're, like, the right. top part of it was just, like, black and, like, all sloughed off and yeah. shit like that. It was, like, real nasty. But so, um... So, yeah, they brought her in. They um, identified her through dental records. They were able to do that, like, the following day. And they found out, the pathologist, that she had been stabbed 30 times in uh, the chest and, like, in her abdomen, like, stomach area, um, you know, with a knife or something like that. Um, Her feet had been cut off just above the ankle. And some of her fingers, including the thumb on one hand, uh, were also missing. Also, one of her forearms had also been cut off. Um, These body parts were never found. They also found evidence that um, she had been beaten quite excessively with a blunt object uh, before she died also. What, the head... Yeah, usually like around the the head and the um, breasts. He was yeah. real breast-centered. Like He right. would usually do fucked-up shit. He to finish. Yeah, he had like he fish. would cut them or yeah. beat them okay. with a strap or something like that.
1: And now, no um, broken skulls. Were the skulls fractured? Was he, or some, of so yeah. some of
0: them were, yeah. Some of them were. I don't think this woman's was, but some of the later ones He's were. He's not
1: hitting her with something heavy.
0: Some of the later ones he did. Yeah, okay. But I he changed it up a little bit. Like the MO was close enough that they knew this was probably the same dude. Yeah. But he did kind of change it up a little bit sometimes.
1: He's probably knocking her out. Maybe. With something. Maybe. Keeps hitting her in the head and then fucking knock her out and they'd do stuff and then she'd fucking need hit her again and knock her back out. Probably something like that. No proof that the the, the legs and the arm were probably cut off post-mortem, I think.
0: Possibly. Possibly. Although, as I said with some of the later victims, um, it appeared that he had bound them and, like, tortured them. Okay. So it's possible that she was still alive when right. that happened to her. They're not entirely sure. Um, because where they found her, that wasn't where she was killed. Right. Uh, which was the case with almost all of the victims. Like he killed them elsewhere and then dumped them someplace else. They
1: didn't have. A, they didn't have the crime scene.
0: Yeah, and I they, mean, some they, of them they did find them but later. This one, they did. They this don't know one. Where she was killed. Um. They. Well. Yeah.
1: The later they find out. Yeah,
0: they found okay. out later. Okay. They all found right. out later. All right. So yeah. So she had been beaten really badly. Um. They couldn't tell because she was too decomposed. They couldn't tell if she had been raped, although they presumed that probably she had been probably yeah yeah now um they were able to determine from footprints and drag marks and stuff like that that the body had been moved at least three times Mm. during the month before it had been found they thought that the first place that the body was was kind of like on this pile of like old like trash like bottles and cans and stuff that was like behind this copse of trees um so it had been there for some time And then it looked as though it had been dragged, like, five feet into a field. And then it lay there for a long time, just, like, exposed to the elements. And then not too long before the body was discovered, it looked like the dude had come back and dragged the body three feet further. They're not sure if he was trying to make it, like, so she was found easier. Because that, well, that... That came into play like later on where they were pretty sure that like one girl was murdered and then like her body was, you know, kind of stowed someplace and then he put it somewhere where he knew people would find it.
1: Three feet isn't very much. It's not that, yeah, it's that not. It may have been from rolling it over. Uh-huh. Not so much moving it, just roll her over to the other side to do something and then roll her, keep rolling her over. But there's also a chance, there no that, that might have been done by animals, but there was no animal... yeah because
0: in the book they kind of said well it's like it was a possibility it could have been done by animals but the fact that they found like human footprints like in there something that looked like human footprints and the fact like the way that the drag marks were they said they suspected that the killer had come back and like moved the stuff around and i think
1: feet and then three feet that's not much i
0: know i know yeah but i think that at least the first five foot movement i'm pretty sure they were they were sure that that was at least a person that had done that yeah. And they, and, uh, you know, as we'll see, like, later on, they did suspect that he returned to at least one of the crime scenes because they think they saw him.
1: But it was first on top of something, and then he moved it five Yeah, days. like He'd on a pile of, like, yeah. So he couldn't be seen having sex with it, probably.
0: Maybe. I mean, Maybe. I kind of imagine that that's probably what he Maybe was doing. He may not have been
1: there that long when he did that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it was a month, so. Yeah. he he's like, going
1: back to relive it or something, to see it. Weird. yeah
0: and speaking of reliving it a couple of days after mary Fletcher's body was identified a dude wonder who it could be turned up at the funeral home that had her body he said that he was a friend of her family's and said could i take a picture of the body as a keepsake for the parents
1: the rod the, the, the rod this riding, this rotten yeah. this body yes Oh, they probably went, hell no. And they,
0: yeah, they basically said, fuck no, you can't do that. Yeah. And he said, according to the funeral director, he said, you mean you can't fix her up enough so I could just get one picture of her, he said. And they were like, no, you're not fucking doing that. And then they called the family and they're like, you know, they were like, do you know a guy that looks like this? And they described, you know, spoiler alert, it was fucking him. Yeah. I mean, the way that he described him, it's like it had to be him. And they That's were like, weird. "Yeah, we don't know that he fucking dude." He had to dude. have
1: known she was just rotten as hell, unless yeah. he hadn't seen it well, he, in a long time. I mean, maybe he didn't. Maybe he he moved it while it was still fresh. He hadn't seen it in a long time. Maybe he wanted to see how rotten it was.
0: Yeah, this dude. Maybe he wanted
1: to because he can't be that dumb. He wanted to know if it was, shit was presentable. Maybe, maybe he was afraid of forensics at the time. You want to know how rotten she was. Maybe he felt that he left with some evidence behind.
0: Yeah, maybe he was just he trying to like to know, see he if he was going to gonna get busted, or he could he have had some his... weird like fetish or something.
1: He would have pro- yeah, uh, I think. He, I think he's trying to confirm to himself that it's too rotten to be shown.
0: Maybe. But yeah, mean,
1: there's someone an ulterior motive there.
0: Yeah, well, he was obviously. probably worried
1: about it. Yeah, this was his first one. Yeah, probably afraid of getting caught. He's probably wondering. You know, if they saw that I did this and this and that to her, they might know it's me. But then he's like, yeah, but she might be so rotten they can't tell. Said, well, how do I know? Well, let's go go ask to see if they'll show it to you. If they won't show it to you, they know it's He
0: can't rotten. be that fucking bright because it's like, yeah. well, a- anybody in their right mind would know that that fucking shit was suspicious. <laughs> like, coming to the funeral home, hey, yeah. can I take a picture of it? And the weird thing about it is that he didn't even have a camera. Like, the yeah. the lady at the reception was like, he didn't have a camera with him. He must... That's weird. He's
1: not dumb. He's scared. And acting dumb. Remember, he's probably about like fucking Charles. Excuse me, Charles. He's probably like Dennis.
0: Oh. He's probably like
1: Raider. Remember Dennis fucking thought that he could trust the cops?
0: Yeah, he's an idiot.
1: He's something like that.
0: Like, he's not... He's like... This is... Okay, so this... Maybe specifically, is I invented a word the other day. Like, I invented it actually for myself, but it could apply in this situation as well. Um, smart-hearted. You're smart-hearted, yeah. <laughs> Jenny is smart-hearted. I am also smart-hearted. Yeah. Well, because that's what I said. I said yeah. I came up yeah. with, like, my own. I I use that to describe myself, because I'm, yeah. like, I'm really smart, but I'm also, like, really kind of stupid yeah, and clumsy. It to describe Jen now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, like I said, yeah. that's what it's I came kinda up like, with. Kind of
1: like Asperger's or something. But.
0: Well, honestly, like, probably if I went to if I went to somebody to get a diagnosed, I'm yeah. sure I would come out or on the spectrum like somewhere. smart <laughs> I'm sure. But it's like, you know, I never did, but I suspect. But, yeah. But I think this is, like, another aspect of smart-heartedness where... And like you said, Dennis kind of had that thing, too, where it's like he seemed... Like, he, you know, obviously he wasn't stupid or he would have gotten caught, like, immediately yeah. and he didn't get caught for, like, 30 years. But... Then, like, just real dumb shit. Yeah. He would fall for real dumb shit.
1: D- Dennis, when he killed Nancy Fox, he went to the payphone and called the crime in to nine one one. He he said that that kept him awake for a long fucking time. He couldn't get any sleep because he he was like, how how they heard my they heard my voice and they played it on the news. How could they not know that that was me? Right. You know. So somebody's gonna hear that. Who knows me? He's gonna say, yeah, that's that's Dennis that, 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 that's Dennis Rader. And when you hear the the recording, it's fucking Dennis Rader. You can easily tell the damn voice.
0: Easily. He has a pretty distinctive yeah. voice. I
1: mean, you know. You, you can tell exactly that. Tom it. knows. Nancy easy. Fox. Yeah. <laughs> and fucking, and uh, I guess fucking, it's fucking Rader. And uh, it's a miracle that people that knew him did not recognize. His voice. That voice.
0: I guess you wouldn't think about it, like, out of context. Because it's just kind of like, I kind of think to myself, what if I saw the news? <clears throat> <coughs> you know, uh, or, or something. And, like, somebody was like, hey, this is somebody we think is a serial killer. And then it was somebody's voice that I recognized. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would necessarily make that connection. I mean, unless it was real distinctive. Well, like, what if it like if it was your voice or something? Maybe yeah. I would recognize it, but it's just like... Well, that's so what I'm saying. Fucking
1: Dennis had relatives that heard that shit. Right. You'd think they would have to have heard that. They'd be They'd like, hey, that's fucking, fucking Dennis.
0: And then but like, then they were like, well, he wouldn't do that. That, that couldn't wor- be him. People that
1: worked with him and everything. But, uh, Dennis said he did that shit just on a whim called him. Weird. Just on a whim. did He didn't think anything about it really until after. I mean, I don't think and that's a controversial And then they played it on the statement. news and he was fucking petrified. Might have been what happened. What did happened. he think
0: was going to happen?
1: Might have been what happened. This must have been the first victim and he was amazed that the body wasn't found. He kept going and checking on it.
0: Yeah, I I and, suspect because this yeah. was they think this was his first one. Right. So yeah, maybe this might maybe have been he was might like kind of
1: sex. He might have just been checking on it at first. Yeah. He's like, I can't believe they haven't found this. Right. You know.
0: It's still there.
1: And uh, then he worried about it when they did find it. He wanted to know what the status was. Maybe he hadn't seen it for a while. And was afraid that they'd be able to somehow link that body to him. He thought the litmus test was well, if they won't show it to me or take a picture of it, then I'll know that it's rotten.
0: Tammy said maybe he wanted a picture to jack off to. Um, possibly. Maybe. I mean, like I said, I I wouldn't doubt it. Like with some of the later shit to happen, but you know,
1: I don't know. I don't think so. It was something more basic than that. It has something to do with getting caught. Let me go to the rest. Maybe yeah. Maybe yeah. because this it was the first one. Has more to do with getting caught. He's afraid of getting caught.
0: Juan says Jenny is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, James says, way too many people have similar voices. You brush it off as someone who just sounds like them. Yeah, especially if it was somebody you knew. Like I said, if I heard somebody and they said, oh my god, we think this motherfucker's a serial killer, and they played a voice and it sounded like Tom's voice, I'd be like, that can't be Tom. You know? Although Tom has a pretty distinct voice, I'm going to say. But I wouldn't think that he was a serial killer, you know what I mean? He's just not that type of dude. But I don't know, they say that about a lot, I don't know. They probably said that about Dennis, too. It's like, oh, that can't be Dennis. And the t- here's the thing, too. This motherfucker, John Norman Collins... Um, as far as I know, like, so like I said, he's still alive and he's in prison. His family and friends and shit like that, they are adamant that he is not the killer, that he was railroaded, um, that all of the people that identified him, blah blah, blah were, like, mistaken. It was, like, some other dude, some other kind of shit. And they will just not have it. And they still, like, go visit him and everything. Like, his mom does. And so I don't know if his mom does anymore because she might have passed away by now. But, you know, the, the stuff I was reading in, like, the documentary, this stuff they said that she was just adamant that that was... That was her baby, and he just didn't do any of that shit, despite all the evidence to the contrary, um, and he never confessed to it either. But I don't know. I'm, just, you know, I I wasn't there, but I'm ninety nine percent sure that this motherfucker <laughs> did all the shit that they think that he did. But yeah, so so he asked if he could take a picture of the body, and they said absolutely not. What the fuck are you even thinking of? Um, so the the receptionist that that worked at the funeral home, she said. She's like, she didn't get a super good look at him like, or, you know, think that much about it. But she said, you know, he was like a, a white dude, like looked kind of athletic, kind of handsome, um, had dark hair, like real clean cut looking. And she also said that he had driven a bluish gray Chevy, which if you'll remember is the same car that uh, Mary Fletcher's neighbor had seen kind of going alongside her like before she disappeared. So there's that. Now about a year later, uh, this was also in July, but in 1968, another body was found. This young woman was 20 years old. Uh, again, she was very decomposed and had been horribly mutilated. She was an art student named Joan Shell, and she was found alongside of a road in Ann Arbor. She had been raped, uh, stabbed 25 times uh, with a four-inch knife um and all of these like all the wounds like they punctured her liver her lungs and her carotid artery one of the wounds had been apparently the killer had stabbed her like behind her left ear and stabbed her so hard that it broke her skull he had also slashed her throat and then taken her mini skirt and pulled it up and tied it around her neck. Now, something interesting about this particular body, and they kind of went into this a lot, like, in the book that I read about this, which, like I said, it's on Kindle Unlimited for free if you want to read it. It's just called The Michigan Murders. It came out in the 70s, but it's, it has, like, a lot of details about this stuff. Um, so she had been dead for several days, they were sure. But the top half of her body... Like her head and, you know, just the top half of her torso was really decomposed. They're like, it was just black and just covered with maggots and everything like that. But the lower half of her body, like her legs and stuff, was a lot more preserved. So they thought what had happened was that her body had been kept somewhere for several days where like maybe part of her body was like in a shadow and then this part was like in a sunbeam. They seemed like it kind of seemed like that. So like it was in a building somewhere where there was obviously like a large temperature differential because there was a huge difference in the decomposition. And they thought that was really strange now because there was no, I've been in water. Uh, no, they, they found out water. where it was later on. Okay. Yeah. And they, and they figured it out. Okay. But, um, but they just thought it was weird at the time because they weren't really sure. They knew that she had not been killed there because there wasn't any, uh, blood around the corpse or anything like that. Um, And also nobody had, this was, this was an area, like I said, it was, it wasn't hidden. It was like kind of on the side of a road and nobody had noticed the body up until recently. So thank you very much, Ian England. Happy no more fucking tourist week, guys. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Tammy said, uh, I went to school with a girl whose last name was Boob. Oh shit. I knew a girl in school whose last name was Butts. (laughs) Poor little girl. She got me. And her mom's name was Lovely. And I was like, God, that's awful. Yeah, her mom's name was Lovely Butts. I can't remember what the little girl's name was. (sighs)
1: Somebody needs to fucking
0: change their last name. I'm like, that's terrible. Yeah, I would totally change my last name. And my first name. Lovely Butts, that's a fucking porn name. Of course it is. It's a stripper name. Yeah. And it's like, nobody would think that was a real name, but it's like, yeah, "Yeah, I really knew a a person named that. Sad. But yeah. So, um... So they thought that the body had been dumped here recently. Like it had been kept somewhere else for several days and then was dumped here, perhaps to, you know, make it easier for people to find. Um, He did kind of try to hide it a little bit by putting like some grass and shit over it. But, you know, it was pretty easy to see anyway. So um, they pretty much, even though this is the late 60s, this is 1968. um, So they didn't, the term serial killer was not, in use. Uh, I don't believe that was in common use until the 1970s, at least. I think before that they did use, I had seen um, like a murder series or something, but nobody really said serial killer, like until the 70s. Like they knew that shit existed, but they didn't really have a thing about it like they have now. But they did um, from the beginning, like know that these two crimes were probably related because of the similarity in the, uh, the wounds and stuff. So at this point, they're like, okay, we're going to have, like, a little, like, four dudes, like, four detectives who are going to work on this, just these two murders, like, full time. Because we're pretty sure that this is the same dude doing this. Now, they found out later that Joan Schell uh, had last been seen by her roommate, whose name was Susan Colby, at a bus stop. And this was on June 30th, 1968. Now, what Joan was going to do was she was going to go to Ann Arbor to see her boyfriend. And her roommate walked her to the bus stop. However, um, she had apparently missed the last bus. So she told her roommate, Susan, oh, I'm just going to hitchhike. At which point Susan's like, I don't know if that's like a good idea. And she said, while she was standing there, a car pulled up and she said it was a red and black, like a two-tone Pontiac Bonneville. And there were three white men in it, like young white dudes, like that look like college students. And so, the car slowed down, and the driver asked if she wanted a ride, and Joan got in the car. Now, the driver of this car, they're pretty sure, was Collins, because the description that she gave of him, like, fitted his description. So, they think that he was... And like I said, they found out who the other two, two dudes were later on, and that this was probably him. But he was in a different car than he had been the first time, because it was some... I think it was someone else's car, his roommate's car, or something like that, or his friend. But yeah, so it was three dudes in the car, and they picked her up, and she... Subsequently disappeared. So, like I said, now her roommate had basically said, Look, I said, please do not get in this car, which, you know, would have been the wise course of action. But, um, Joan's like, No, I really wanted to get to Ann Arbor. I wanted to see my boyfriends. It's like, these dudes seem fine. So, um, yeah. So she's like, Well, as soon as you get there, call me so I know that you got there okay. But of course, she didn't call. Um, so, so she was the one that, uh, Susan rather was the one that called the police. And it it was only, like, three hours later because she's like, look, she would have called me, and something is terribly wrong. So um, she's like, she should have been there ages ago, and she never showed up. So she was the one that actually reported her missing. So they go through, like, all of these red and black cars. They go through all of these alibis, you know, of people that looked like that dude and everything like that, but they couldn't really get anywhere with it. They ran out of leads. So essentially, this is i guess like in hindsight it's just kind of like this is kind of fucked up but really like by the time like a month and a half had gone by like six weeks or something like that they're like well we um have exhausted all of our leads so sorry like we're at a loss pretty much uh and they didn't even i think they took two of the detectives off the off the shit because they just didn't have anything else to look into i guess now they did have a big reward i think at the time it was 7800 dollars for um you know i think in 1968 money which i'm not sure what that is nowadays but um you know leading to information and stuff like that but apparently like it didn't really go anywhere now they also said like a couple months after the murder um they had two eyewitnesses who were also like college students in the area and they came forward and told police they're like well, we're not real sure about this and it's like we're kind of like reluctant to say this because we don't want to get anybody into trouble but they're like we're pretty sure that we saw Joan shell walking with a dude on Emmett street on the same night that she disappeared and we're pretty sure that this guy was john norman collins because they knew him yeah they're like we're not absolutely sure and like i said we don't want to get him into trouble maybe it wasn't him we weren't entirely sure but we think that's who it was it was like a guy and his girlfriend um yeah so they said, yeah, he was this guy. He went to um, Eastern Michigan University. He was uh, he wanted to become a teacher, which is terrible. But yeah, so he was a, his major was elementary ed- education, and he actually lived right across the street from Joan Shell. Matter of fact, uh, he had an apartment like in a building right across from her, and uh, like I said, he looked very much like the person that uh, the roommate had described as picking her up, like driving that car. Now, they did bring Collins in, and you know, they questioned him. Now, he said, I don't even know her. Um, I wasn't even here that weekend. I was uh, you know, in Centerline, which is uh, outside of Detroit. That's where his mom lives. That's where he was from originally. It's like, I was there over the weekend visiting them. And it's like, I didn't even get back here until like after she had disappeared or whatever. Now, because, like I said, he seemed not like a weirdo he seemed just to look like a kind of clean cut dude like a college student or anything they didn't the cops didn't really follow up on it there was kind of a lot of i felt kind of bad for some of the cops because um some of the shit that happened was probably not their fault or shit that they had to do or whatever but it's just like the media were really really hard on them which like i said you can see why because as the murder started piling up like everyone was freaking out you know what i mean it's like who the fuck is doing this and why can't you catch them so and a couple of things that happened like later on you know they they would call them keystone cops and shit like that like in the fucking media. mean so because i saw some of the original like newspaper stuff but yeah um so In hindsight, like I said, not great. They did bring him in for questioning, but he was just like, Yeah, I don't even know her, and I wasn't even here, so, and they didn't even check. So, you know what I mean? So, there was that. So, then, um, it was a little while before there was another one. March 20th, 1969. Uh, And this one, I'm gonna say right now, they're pretty sure that this might have been somebody else. Well, but there was like enough similarity that they kind of like thought they were linked at the beginning. But this woman, she was twenty three and she was um, went to the University of Michigan. Now she was a law student. She was a little bit older um, than most of the other uh, you know, most of the other victims. Her name is Jane Mixer. Now what happened with her was she was um, you know how like at colleges they have those bulletin boards where it's like you have a ride board, it's like I need to ride here or there or the other place, and like you get people to like hook up on that like they used to. So she had needed a ride to uh, Muskegon, which was her hometown. And she was going to go there to tell her family that she had gotten engaged and she was going to move to New York City after she graduated. So she apparently had found somebody to give her a ride, but then she disappeared. Now, they found her the next morning dead. However, she was fully clothed. Um, She had like a raincoat over her. And uh, she was actually found in a cemetery, like laying on top of a grave grave. Uh, in Denton Cemetery, which is in Bambeeren Township. Now when they did the autopsy, she had actually been shot in the head twice with a 22 caliber pistol. Then, um, the, the person had like tied a nylon stocking around her neck, a nylon stocking, which, um, according to the size was not hers. So they thought that was a little bit weird. Um, she had also not been raped And had not been murdered at the site where her body was found. As she was killed somewhere else and dumped there. Now, because she had not been raped, they did note that her tights had been kind of like pulled down. And she had, she was on her period also. Because they said she had like a, well, it wouldn't have been a maxi pad back then. Because I don't think they had those. So I guess it would have just been one of those napkin deals. Um, So they thought that maybe there was a sexual motive. Even though, like I said, she had not been raped um, but she hadn't been mutilated or beaten or stabbed or anything like that. But the fact that she was a student from that area, the fact that they, she had like a stocking tied around her neck and the fact that she was, you know, in the same area where a lot of these murders had taken place, they were like, well, we're not sure if this is the same perp, but there's enough similarities to maybe like tentatively link them at this time. So that's what they did. No, oh, that was him. Um, actually, no, it wasn't. It, wasn't? Uh, it turned out later on that it wasn't. Okay. But, um, because they did DNA, but okay. we'll get into that a little right. bit later. But yeah, they. I figured he pulled
1: it down and saw that she was looking on her period, and he's like, oh, fuck her, they just shot her.
0: Well, no, because, yeah, well, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit, because okay. most of the victims actually were on their periods. That's why people thought that it was the same. Weird. Like, not all of them, but most of them were. How would he know? Well, I'll get into that too. Okay. <laughs> I'll get into that too.
1: Maybe he found out that they were <laughs> he goes into a rage you
0: dirty horse <laughs> I think that that is more <laughs> yeah along the lines of what it, what it probably was because yeah. we'll we'll get into that later like after yeah. they caught him and they talked to like some of his uh, girlfriends and stuff okay, like that yeah. right. like we'll get into that do. now four days after they found Jane Mixer's body they found another body this one was found nude and mutilated and this was a teenage girl Now, this was found, like, kind of lying on top of this jacket behind uh, an abandoned house. Now, the body was found, it wasn't far from where Joan Shell had been found, and that had been eight months before. Um, Now, they said, they're pretty sure, again, this is the same perp, uh, but the torture and the wounds and stuff like that were way worse. So they said somebody is escalating, you know what I mean? this particular girl
1: how old was she again
0: uh i believe she was 16 damn well oh they got younger than that
1: okay
0: um yeah she was 16 years old um actually some of the investigators that like saw the body they said this is like we've been on the force for like 30 years and this is the worst shit we've ever seen yeah um so her cause of death was uh, a fractured skull numerous fractures to the skull,
1: beat around the head till it killed
0: her. Uh, that yeah, they said one third of her of her skull was pretty much just crushed. Ugh. Um, and it was a heavy blunt instrument. They don't know what the instrument was. Uh, who knows? Baseball bat could could have been anything.
1: Something
0: like that. Um. So yeah. So she had basically been tortured. Um. The killer. It's come on. It was Collins. Um. He took off her shirt and stuffed it down into her throat, into her trachea. Uh, apparently to keep her from screaming, um, while he beat her about the head and upper body. Um, well, that
1: alone would have killed her, though,
0: wouldn't it? Well, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, yeah. But yeah, he also had a what they think was a leather strap, and just beat the shit out of her with that like a pill. Um, around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they think that she was restrained while he just like went at her with with yeah. that yeah. Um, all around like her legs and everything like that, and then as if that wasn't bad enough, he went to a nearby tree, broke off a branch, and stuck it up her vagina.
1: Right.
0: Eight inches. Um, now, what? We the, don't know the order though, do we? Well, the girl, they are pretty sure that she was alive for most of that because yeah. um, this, in this case, uh, the, just the way that there was um, you know, the disturbance in the soil yeah. and stuff like that looked like she had struggled.
1: Well, she's flopping around while he's
0: My, right, it, like while well, so trying to so, get away from the blows. Right. So sounds uh, like he
1: did all that hit her, tied her up. Yeah. Um. Strip her clothes off. Hit her with a belt. Stuff something stuff something up at her at some time. That might have been the last thing he did. Sometimes they maybe do that, 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 that. Sometimes they do that. Try to humiliate him after death.
0: That too. Yeah. That's so pretty it common.
1: You know, just in a few minutes after. She's yeah. probably already dead when he did that.
0: Well, that's what. And actually, when I was reading the book, like yeah. the cops and everything were like, they they prayed that she was already dead when that happened. Yeah, to it was her.
1: probably after death. He's probably sitting there looking at her, and then did that after she'd been dead.
0: I mean, that's. I mean, it's not like well, she was alive during all the beating and shit yeah. like that. So it's like I'm not saying that was fucking. Yeah, him, well,
1: that was, a lot of that was probably with the belt. And then uh, he pulled that shirt off of her, stuffed it down her throat, and as she was fucking choking out, he fucking finished her off with. Heavy blows to the head with something, some yeah. kind of object he had.
0: And like I said, something I don't, like I bat don't bat. think they ever determined what it was. Yeah, I'm assuming it was something, some, like, a something like a bat
1: or, or a, axe handle
0: or, or something like that. Maybe yeah. there was
1: a big log, like a big fucking tree limb or something. But a lot of times those are light. It's probably something heavy. Something from his car. something Yeah, in his car.
0: because they said like most yeah. of her skull was just crushed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's
1: how he killed her. Yeah. Um. <laughs> she all that rolling around was probably to get away from that belt.
0: Yeah, that's what they yeah, think. Because took
1: this belt off and started to fucking. Slap because her.
0: they think that she was restrained. Yeah, tied her to a that. He had or like something. tied her up and yeah. then was like when she was laying on the ground and just yeah. like beating the shit out of her and she yeah. was trying to get away obviously right, right. as you would.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So they eventually. Identified this victim as, again, a 16-year-old high school girl whose name is Marilyn Skelton. Uh, she had last been seen outside of a restaurant on uh, Washtenaw Avenue, um, but she they think she disappeared while she was hitchhiking. Uh, but she had last been seen two days before her body was discovered.
1: Some little chick he picked up. Yeah. And um, she probably went willingly with him.
0: Well, that's what I mean. I think Dude. a lot of... Um, the victims did and like i said i'm not victim blaming or anything like that because hitchhiking was very common back then and i mean nine times out of ten it seemed like most people got to their destinations obviously because i've known people that grew up in that time period like yeah we didn't even think about it we well, just hitchhiked he, all the time i'm like you are a crazy person but it's his, like well most of the time they didn't get murdered but uh, sometimes. he's
1: in his 20s at this time he's a good looking guy he's in his 20s uh, at this time isn't he yeah, like early 20s, yeah. yeah. I think
0: he was 21, yeah, 22, okay. something She's like that. She's
1: 16, you know, she would have saw him as a catch. They were probably making out. Maybe and so. And he decided to kill her over some reason. Yeah. Because that's what he was into. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it's, it's fucked up. Dude's a dick. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the understatement like, oh, of the you, century. Oh,
1: you know, fucking, you know. Something, something set him off. Something triggers this fucking homicidal rage in him. He's got some kind of fetish for it. For some reason, he's hoping that they'll trigger it. That's what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I it's not like it animation. just happens to him. Right. No, he
1: wants it to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think he's he gonna find a reason. Thing. Yeah.
1: To let loose on her. Yeah. Because he knows that nobody knows that they're together.
0: Yeah. Because
1: yeah. there's nothing to connect them.
0: But yeah, so obviously um, they're thinking this is the same perpetrator um you know very very similar uh mo they found um a garter belt i don't know if it belonged to her or not but um it had been tied around her neck also and another thing that he would do pretty commonly was um kind of take all their clothes and like fold them their clothes and shoes and like put them next to the body now he did take some of the shoes Because some of the bodies they just found that just had, like, one shoe there or they didn't find. So he did take trophies, but we'll get into that a little bit later. He took feet,
1: too, so he must have had a foot finish.
0: Yeah, I think the first victim was the only one that that happened to, like, where he cut the feet off. But like I said, that was his first one. Maybe he
1: lost the shoes, so he says, I'm going to take the feet instead.
0: Yeah, who knows? I don't know. I I don't know. I'm not a serial killer, so I don't know what their thought processes are. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, yeah. Um... Now, interestingly at first. Okay, so there were kind of two schools of thought with this particular murder because um you know, most of the more seasoned investigators, I feel, were like um were, you're pretty sure, 99% sure this is the same perpetrator because obviously like I said the MO was very similar. However, because uh Marilyn was um actually a known drug dealer and actually like a, a drug user and she was like a little bit of a runaway and stuff like that. She was also a police informant. So there was a small contingent in the um, of investigators, usually like the younger guys, that thought, oh, well, maybe this was drug-related. Um, but the older guys were like, yeah, but she wasn't high enough up in, like, drug dealing or enough of a police informant to have that done to her. It's like, it really doesn't seem like... You know, I mean, yeah, sometimes, like, if you fuck over, like, a dealer or something like that, yeah, they'll do fucked up shit to you, but not usually, like, real sexual shit like this. So most of the people were like, yeah, we're pretty sure this is, like, the same guy. But there was, like, a small contingent that thought maybe it was drug-related. But, you know, that was kind of, like, a minority, I feel like. So at this point, um, even though they didn't use the term serial killer yet, uh, they were pretty sure that that was what they had on their hands, even though they didn't call it that. So they essentially put together a, like, a task force where they brought, because some of the bodies were found, like, in different uh, jurisdictions, I believe at this point it was five different jurisdictions, so, um, you know, because wherever the victims were taken from and wherever the bodies were found were sometimes in different jurisdictions, so they kind of had to, like, get everybody together and have a task force to, like, share information and shit like that, so it took them that long to do that. This was March 24th of, I believe, 1969, like, after this particular murder. So um so at this point they know that almost all of the victims were brunettes. Uh you know, they're all they were all white. Um other than Jane Mixer, um, they had been uh killed with uh, you know, a blunt instrument or stabbing. Uh that too. They had all been found uh within a fifteen mile radius of Washington County and other than jane mixer uh again who like i said spoiler alert later on they found out someone else had killed her but um everybody else was probably this motherfucker uh they all had knife wounds in their neck um all of them also had an item of clothing of some description tied around their neck um all of them had that and almost all of them either all of them or almost all of them had been on their period um there was also rumors going around too that they all had dangly earrings on but I think only five of them did, like out of all of them, because how, like how I said, how
1: many were there total?
0: Um, they think there were seven. Okay, five, uh, six of them in Michigan and one in California. But we we'll covered get into... seven murders already. No, 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 okay, no. All right, yeah. This isn't. Yeah. Okay. This isn't. We're not to the yeah, end. Yeah, we're yet. like
1: on murder three or four. I think. Yeah, I
0: think this was the fourth one. Yeah. But and like I said, and one of the ones that I talked about was they found out later that it wasn't that months. it wasn't him yeah. because of DNA, but they didn't find that out until like many years later. So yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, like I said, I, it's weird because I think, like, on the notes and some of the um, other, uh, you know, write-ups that I read about this, they said all, all of them were on their period. But I think in the book, I think he said the majority of them were on their period, but I'm not sure if all of them were. But it was kind of, like, significant enough that we'll get into that a little bit later. Because he seemed to have, like, a particular disgust for menstruation. And it might have been a case where he tried to get busy with the chick, and she was on her period, and he was like, "Ooh, gross! I'm gonna kill this one." Like, I kind of feel like that might have been a factor. Yeah, so I'm patron. right?
1: So that means he's cruising around, and he's picking up lots of girls because he's he's good looking. Yeah. And, uh, if they're not on if they're if they're not on the rag, they get they they live, they get away with it. If they are, then he gets mad, it's like he's been denied.
0: He how gets dare mad. you? Like we can help it or yeah, something. Yeah, how dare you? Yeah, we'll just, we'll Why just did you stop it. Why did you
1: let me, yeah, 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 something like
0: that. I remember, did I tell you that one time where I saw, like, this dude talking about, somebody was talking about periods or oh, something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, and he just like, just hold it, and I was like, y- you don't know how periods work, do you? <laughs> he thinks he thinks, it's, he thinks. Think you could just hold it like pee? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That's not how that works.
0: Yeah, like That's <laughs> not how that works.
1: That's awesome, though. And I was just that's like, awesome. I was so like, for a second, I was like, please tell me
0: that it. dude is joking, but I, I gotta be joking. I feel like maybe not, though. No, well, no, we because, be well, the thing about it is, I think a lot of he dudes, could've been a kid. Like, that's what I mean. Like, could've younger dudes, I don't think they really yeah, teach, it, or they're grossed out by it and they don't want to hear about it. Right. So it's just kind of like, I, I can see like a dude legit thinking that yeah if he's like, young, the, like that you could just hold doesn't it doesn't
1: really know about the vaginal wall and all that you know what I mean? what's fucking breaking down and coming out i'm like he, oh he,
0: i he, wish i could hold yeah, it he
1: doesn't know about the cervix and shit
0: but he doesn't know about. thankfully i stuff. don't have to doesn't, go through that shit yeah. anymore because i'm old now but yeah. yeah that sucks doesn't, doesn't know anatomy He doesn't I know about fallopian tubes and all that yeah why posted just suspend gravity yeah pretty much that's what they're yeah. asking you to do <laughs>
1: Well, you can just tighten it up and hold it. And yeah, like,
0: <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, that's probably what he's thinking. That's, uh, that works. That's probably they do as well. That works. I, I hope so. Yeah. I, I hope that that wasn't like a twenty odd year old guy. If they could just hold it, they
1: would just hold it. What are you talking?
0: I about I know. I'm like, yeah. Don't you think we would fucking do that? Do you have any idea like how fucked up that is to deal with every fucking four weeks of your life for years and decades and decades? I'm like, it sucks. Like, if we had some way to just fucking stop it, we would. Yeah. You know bros, what I mean?
1: Man, bros are funny.
0: They are very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, YP Post says cork? Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. you can kind of do that. just fucking stuff a rag up. In well, it, that's what know? I mean. That the, is, that was, that's was, what I was going to say.
0: You are kind of corking it up. That, you yeah, just yeah, said, well, cork won't work. You got to do cotton. Bro. That was
1: the old way they'd do it. <laughs> you fucking stuff something up in there.
0: Well, it's not the old way. They still do anything. Yeah, they
1: just... They, they have products made for it. Right? Yeah, About now they have products. They made had, for it. Before the products. Yeah, you just have to stuff a rag You just had to stuff a rag up. You it up, put it in there.
0: What, you know, what else could you do? Yeah, could do anything else. Otherwise, it's just going to fucking go everywhere, yeah. you know what I mean? It will. It'll just go everywhere. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we've all had that happen. Well, pretty much every girl has had that yeah. happen. It's, it's disgusting, but, yeah. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not fun. Okay. So the next victim was found on April 16th, 1969, in the morning. And this one was the youngest one. She was 13 years old. Uh, her name was Dawn Basum. Now, they found her uh, alongside a road in Ypsilanti. All she was wearing was... Uh, she had, like, a white blouse and a bra on, but they'd been pushed up around her neck.
1: He's going younger and younger. Yeah. He's seeing what he can get away with.
0: I guess so, and, yeah.
1: And he might be kind of, like, scrape from his point of view, scraping the bottom of the barrel. Might be that the older ones are not fucking... Dumb enough to get in a car with him at this point, or he's fucking afraid, you know. Maybe he doesn't have the confidence he had. It could be that. Yeah, possibly. So he's going out for an easier victim.
0: Yeah, someone younger. 13 would probably be
1: easier. Probably not yeah. harder. It's probably physically easier.
0: Well, so he's probably she's probably like half his fucking size, half or his smaller. Size.
1: She's only 13. She's kind of dumb. You know what I mean? I don't have any experience. And, and you know, he probably flirts with her, and she gets in the car with him.
0: Yeah, maybe. No, he's a good
1: looking guy, you know.
0: Like I said, he's twenty. People didn't yeah. really um yeah, yeah. think about it all that much. Like, especially yeah. in the late sixties and early seventies. Like people just hitchhiked and they didn't really think that much about it. Yeah. I guess they were a lot more trusting back then. Yeah. But see that we'll see what that gets you. Michael said, I once dated a girl and she never talked about her period and it seemed every night was available for sex. Well, she might have been on the pill. Yeah. Um, if you, I don't know if you know this, but when they give you a birth control pill, they give you like it's supposed to be three weeks of the pill and then it's like a week of uh, placebo, so that you you have your period, but you don't have to take those placebo ones you can just go and take all this, it won't hurt you or nothing like that, but it just keeps you from having your like a lot of girls do that
1: Yeah, and you know, look for you women out there, I'm going to give some advice about the pill. And you say, how's this motherfucker going to give men, women the advice about the pill? Because I've fucked with all kinds of fucking synthetic hormones. Some shit that produces progesterone and all kinds of stuff. My HRT is kind of like the male equivalent of being on the pill. It, it'll shut down your fertility if you don't take an antidote for it. It's called HCG or alright, which is an antidote for it. Knowing what I know, personally about fucking with your hormones if I was a young woman today I would not go on that pill the long term effects of having a, a, an imbalance like that especially if it's a progesteronic imbalance will seriously affect your life it'll, it'll affect the type of men you're attracted to that's how far it goes some people are like well how could that fucking be when I was on tread just loaded full of fucking progesterone Jenny will tell you stories about what I thought was okay yeah yeah like I think I'm thinking, I'm going to cut this guy's head off. You know what I mean? That's yeah, just
0: casual as you casual as a motherfucker. I'm like, let's I'm not, let's guy. not do that. Let let's not. Yeah, do that. because you're just. Let's dial it back. Yeah, just, just a
1: tad. You become Superman, all right? You're hyper masculine on one end, but the progesterone levels so high, no man should have that much progesterone in them. You're pregnant Superman. You're yeah. fucking, you're Superman on PMS. All right, <laughs> or some shit like that, and you just get simpy as fuck. And, it, and fucking, I've been hearing testimony from women what long-term pill usage is like, and I know exactly what they're talking about. You shouldn't take that long-term. It'll fuck up your development. Well, I would not take the pill at all if I was a woman. I would use condoms. Just wouldn't use it at all. Don't fuck with your hormones like that. Unless you're trying to get jacked. They got fitness women well, out there. Well, the thing about it, get.
0: well, like like I said, everybody's different. I, yeah. I was on the pill for a very long time, like in my 20s and 30s, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't have any side effects or anything like that, and it was completely effective. Well, you don't know. Um, no, no, no. I'm just saying that, yeah. not that I noticed, you know what I mean? Yeah, because what and would then then happen I was, if you
1: weren't on it? And you then I was
0: it. off them yeah. for a while. Uh, and then I went back on them, and when I went back on them, they turned me into a fat, crazy person. Yeah, but that had I had never had that happen, like when I was yeah. younger. Wait. Another thing too, because Michael said, "Um, uh, wow, I should have known this. Yeah, but like a lot of girls do that. I didn't do that, um, but a lot of girls did do that where they just take the three weeks of the pill and yeah. they just skip the placebo yeah. and they oh. just so they don't have their period because having your period sucks. But I will note, and maybe maybe this is gross or TMI or whatever, but there's also. If you get, like, something like a Diva Cup or something like that, where it's just, like, this big, huge cup, and you just stick it up, like, up in your cervix or whatever, and you can still have sex with those. Like, yeah. and it won't get everywhere. Yeah. Because I used those before, and yeah. they actually work pretty good. I
1: would not... Fu- if A man can fuck with his hormones. The older he gets, the more he can fuck with his hormones. If he's already had kids, he doesn't have to worry about it. Uh, you after 35, your test levels are starting to plummet anyway. You can supplement them by putting more tests in there and fucking doing other fucking exotic fucking shit. You can put that in there. You'll start to kind of grow younger if you fucking do get the doses right. You don't want to do that to a 16-year-old boy or an 18-year-old boy in high school. That's where all these horror stories He's got a good endocrine system. He doesn't need that. Older people can fuck with hormones. Younger people, let it run its course. With these women... I'd never put them on a pill. They're putting these pill, the girls on a pill at 14. That's fucking insane.
0: Well, now, there That's are insane. other uses for it. It's not just birth control. Um, so It's good for, like, endometriosis and things like that, too. Which which is, when I knew some younger girls that were put on it, it was mostly for that. Um, but, like I said, everybody's different. They do kind of have those... Um, now, I haven't fucked with any of these, but they do have different stuff where they, like, inject the shit into your arm, and it's good for, like, five years or they have that copper IUD thing. Like some people like that, although some people don't really like it because it's like really painful.
1: I would use an inner uterine. I would, yeah,
0: if I was younger now, I would probably use that. Because you don't
1: know how that hormones affect the development of, the. it affects the mind, and if you take them young, they affect the development of the person. If you're, Here, here, here are the basic symptoms, being on a pill with a woman. Fat, crazy, attracted to betas, That's a loss of fucking, um, loss of the gusto and enjoyment of life, loss of ambition, Um, uh, loss of fucking empathy. That's another thing that it does to women. They become less empathetic towards other people. Uh, They don't have the kind of the reaction towards seeing children as strongly as they would. Women evolve, females of all species evolve to be the way they are. You shouldn't really fuck with the hormones. Now maybe after the age of thirty-five, or th- maybe, if you want to shut it down, because your your personality's fixed by then, and you've had normal hormones, sex drive usually goes away. And um, no, I wouldn't. If I was a woman, knowing what I know now, I would. If I was a woman, I would fucking know what I know. If I was a woman, a young woman, I'd never take that.
0: Well, I would probably, I'd like, like I said, if I form. was young nowadays, I would probably go with the IUD. Yeah. Although I've heard some people like have like a lot of pain with those, but mostly I've heard like good shit about that. Yeah. But I did not really I didn't do that back yeah. then because it was just easier to In get my, pills. my And my, I took them for many years like without yeah. anything. And my advice to so. all the
1: men and the women out of there don't go on gear or fucking any hormone replacement until you're at least thirty five. Don't fuck with any of that shit under thirty five. Be natural. Train naturally. Unless yeah. you're professional unless you're a professional athlete. They have the discipline, the training to fucking Once you go on, you're on for the rest of your life. you got to be disciplined and have the money and know how to fucking take care of your health. Just like these girls, these fucking girls getting titty implants, big breast implants at 20. They're in there for life. And you're now in the breast game. They only last about 15, 20 years and you got to keep replacing them. But that's the commitment these porn star girls make or these girls that want. If you have an A cup and you want a fucking double E cup, you're going to have to put implants in there. But that's a commitment. Now you're in the implant game. Hormones are the same way. Well it's a body soon as you, modification. It's a body mod. As soon as you start injecting hormones, you gotta be on your game. For it for the rest of your life. You can kinda come off if you're a guy, young guy, but uh, you probably won't. Chances are you're gonna be on there. Because you don't want to go back to normal.
0: Yeah, Ian said all the girls I know that run the pill nonstop have terrible facial acne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And terrible mental health. Yeah, like I said, I took a, I took it for many years and didn't have any uh, issues.
1: Their body composition with,
0: goes to hell, too. Well, no, I'm just saying when I was in my 20s and 30s, I was yeah. on it, and it's like I didn't have any weight gain. I didn't yeah. have, like, bad, you know, acne or anything like that. But when I went off them for many years and then went back on them, then I started having problems, like, with weight gain and hmm. acting crazy and stuff. But when I – yeah, I was on it for – 15, 20 years something like that like in my 20s and 30s and didn't have any side effects at all same
1: can be said with fucking testosterone and the other shit they don't and steroids they don't affect everybody the same way you actually have to try them to know what happened. Yeah, so, you know, everybody's different. Yeah, everybody's a little bit different. Like I said. And age is a huge factor. Age and genetics. And
0: even if it's the same person, it's yeah. like like I said, because I took yeah. birth control pills with no age, issues right. for, for decades. Right. And then I went off them for a while. And then when, when I went back on them, then I started having yeah. issues. But I hadn't had issues before that. Well, that's why I wasn't worried about taking them later, no, because the I had taken thing, them a lot before. The where it's
1: weird happens with birth control, t- the eggs stop flowing. <laughs> they just stay in storage. Okay. The period's getting rid of those eggs. Well, the eggs are just in storage while you're shut down. And then when you start it back up to have a kid, who knows the reliability and the quality of those eggs? They haven't been being thrown flood, out. being flushed out. They're not well, and it's not out. just
0: the egg that's flushed out. It's all, it's all of the, the uterine shit. lining and right, all of yeah. that kind and of stuff. You have to so, flush all that shit out.
1: You know, How does that affect children that you have later? Uh, it's unknown. Because you don't know what could have been. You only deal with what you get Let's say you compared you had different universes, and you pair the kid you would have had without the fucking pill, and then the kids you did have with the pill later, they might have been very different kids.
0: Yeah, but it's like there's no way of knowing that, so it's like you'd go go crazy like thinking about best to stay natural. It's
1: best to stay natural. I mean, I'm like
0: mostly I'm just kind of like yeah. I mean, is you know, barring having some kind of like horrible disease or like some kind of thing that necessitates that. It's like, it's probably just best to just not take as much stuff as, like I said, if I was, you know, younger nowadays, I would probably go the IUD route, to be honest, but instead of the pill, but I didn't, I didn't have any issues with the pill, at least at first. But then like later on when I started taking them again in my mid to late thirties, then I started having problems like with weight gain and mental problems and shit like that. But I took them for a long time without ever having any problems. So, you know, (laughs) Um, yeah, Sebastian said, the mother of my son, when I first met her, was on the pill and would have mega rages. Yeah, I just put it down to her Viking ancestry. Yeah, I mean, I was never that bad, um, you know what I mean? I'm pretty low-key, and I have, like, a pretty, you know, I, I don't get in these big, like, fucking ragey kind of things, or, see, I'm pretty, like, even-keeled, but even then, I didn't really, like, love it, you know? Nothing like, nothing like Tom on Trend. That was, like, like I said... That was, like, a hundred times worse than anything I would have experienced on the bill. So, you know what I mean? Like, that was way fucking out there. I never acted that bad, like, when I was on that shit. I never wanted to be like, I'm just going to cut some motherfucker's head off and, like, just starting random fights, which is people that glanced at you funny or something like that. You know what I mean? Because he, he was just insane. But, yeah, I didn't have anything that bad. But, yeah, so where was I? Okay, so let's get back to the case. So, yeah, this victim here, 13 years old so um so not only had her like the only clothing that they found you know on the body still was like her little blouse and her little bra and that had been pushed up around her neck um she had also been stabbed multiple times in her chest uh also had been stabbed in her vagina also the killer had uh slashed her across her breasts which i think a lot of the uh victims had um and across her butt and across her stomach like he just like slashed her all over and then um he strangled her with like a like an electrical cord like two feet of an electrical cord like a black one i think uh they also found a handkerchief stuffed into her throat again just like the previous victim um and in this case this is why i kind of think that maybe he was moving the shit around is because he left this girl her body in a place where you couldn't miss it like he wanted her to be found yeah you know what i mean like he left her like right on the side of a road so she was found like pretty quickly afterward um they did not think she was raped though but again you know it's clearly a sexual motive even if there's no actual rape involved he was trying yeah So, yeah, so she was basically found the next day because she had been seen alive the night before, like, at 7.30. Um, She was actually walking... She was at her friend's house, and she was walking back to her house, which was, like, less than a mile. It was, like, less than a mile. And actually, part of the way, um, a friend of hers, a guy named Earl, was walking with her, and then he's like, at some point, we were five blocks from her house, and she would usually take a shortcut... And on a documentary that i saw they showed like where her actual because her house is still there um you know obviously her family does not live in it anymore but um they showed where her house was and she would walk like down this railroad track because it was like they said you know to get to the house from where she was it you had to go like way the fuck around so it's like most people would just walk along the railroad track and just kind of take a shortcut and so that's what she was doing but they said it was like five blocks and so at some point while she was walking those five blocks, like, along the shortcut, like, by the railroad track, she was picked up, and she disappeared. How old was she? Thirteen.
1: Okay, is that the same one, or is it different? Thirteen. 13? Thirteen. This is a different thirteen. No, or same or th- one. Same one? Okay. Same one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on foot.
0: Yeah, she was walking. Like I said, yeah. she was walking from her friend's house, like she usually yeah. did, like, because they, they lived real close together. Yeah, he offered her a ride. I guess so. But like I said, it was weird, because the way that the... Because they said the neighborhood at least when this documentary came out, they said it looked pretty much the same as it did back then. And it was just like her house was there. There's like the street. And then there's like a, there was like a gate, like a fence. And then there was like, you know, some, you know, when they have the um the railroad track and it's just yeah. kind of like all that gravel or whatever, like on either side. And so it was kind of like that. She was just like cutting across and then cutting over. Yeah,
1: I ride around all over the place and I don't see these 13-year-old girls just walking around. All right. He went out looking for this. He's cruising for these girls. Yeah, I think he definitely That's what he's is. Doing.
0: Well, we'll find out later that he absolutely was doing that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because um, that was kind of his mo. Yeah. He would go place to... where they'll be. Because well, later on, yeah. they found out that like uh, when when they found out it was him. Like they would interview people. They're like, "Oh yeah, that dude tried to pick me up like earlier that day." You know what I mean? So he was just like cruising cruising around, like trying to get whoever he could get. He didn't target anybody in particular. He wasn't like stalking anybody really. But well, they did find out later though that Collins actually did live near to a lot of his victims. So it could be that he was like had seen them around. And yep. so he thought, well, no, because be in that area. because yeah, like he, I'll see them walking around and they'll might recognize me because I kind of live around here too, so they wouldn't be threatened by him. So right. I kind of feel like there was an aspect of that as well.
1: Yeah. Hunting in his own neighborhood.
0: Yeah, not the sharpest tool in the shed, but you know, we'll we'll see. <laughs> so they did actually, okay, so this was kind of a big break in the case. Because not too long after they found her body, They found her sweater in this deserted farmhouse. And it was only like 100 yards from the road where her body was found. And when they looked in this farmhouse, um, you know, because they were looking around all the area and everything like that. So when they found her sweater in there, they said they also found like all this like kind of broken glass, like little pieces of broken glass and stuff like that. Because, you know, it was an abandoned farmhouse. It was a bunch of shit in there. And they saw that these glass particles were the same as ones that were on the bottoms of her shoes. So they started looking around this farmhouse and they found another piece of her clothing, um, another piece of that electrical cord that had been around her neck that they, she had been strangled with. And they found bloodstains that looked pretty fresh. So they were assuming that this was where she had been killed. Like So he had obviously like taken her to this abandoned farmhouse and killed her in there and then dumped her somewhere else. So about a week later, like I said, they're kind of crawling all over this farmhouse, like looking for more uh, evidence, and they also found yet another piece of her clothing, and they found an earring that they later found out belonged to Marilyn Skelton, one of the other victims. In
1: that farmhouse. In that
0: farmhouse. He was,
1: okay, so he had scouted this place out and used it before. Right. So this is all premeditated.
0: Yeah. This is not. This the is opposite. the place where he killed. Yeah probably they think like most of his early victims Yeah. other than the one that had been kind of like um, tortured and like where she where they found her yeah. but other than that I think he took all of them here at first and it looked like he had put the stuff in here deliberately so they think that maybe he had killed people and then kept coming back here like to put stuff here yeah, you know what I mean yeah
1: like the trophies
0: yeah because they know he kept trophies we'll find yeah. out about that later on too so, at least with these two cases, so it's like, okay, well, the Marilyn Skeleton case and the, you know, the 13-year-old girl, it's like, so, well, they know that those two are for sure linked because, obviously, this dude brought at least, at least both a of them here.
1: it was a house or it was just a barn?
0: I think it was just, it was kind of like, from way that, the way they described it, it kind of sounded more like a barn. Okay. You know what I mean? But I guess it was kind of big. And the so thing about didn't it. he did
1: have bedrooms. He didn't have access no, to the barns, bedrooms. No, I don't think so. It anything.
0: sounded more like a barn type situation. Yeah. Okay. At least from the book that I read. Right. They made it sound more like a barn. So, okay. And it was. And he wasn't. Here's the thing. I think it must have been like really big. Because I don't think he was the only person that went there. I think it was kind of one of those places where like, you know, teenagers and shit hang would go to like high. hang out and like get high and shit. Because like other people had been there too. But, yeah, so it couldn't have been that busy, obviously, because he wouldn't have been able to do this crap. But yeah. but I think it was a place that, like, people, that young people in the area, like, knew about, you know. Um, now, interestingly, this is, this was very interesting, I found, when I read this in the book. Now, the farmhouse, or the barn, or whatever, actually burned down um, in what was very clearly an act of arson. Now, um on May the 13th of 1969. Mm-hmm. Now, you would think that the killer had gone back and burned it down. However, you would be mistaken. Uh, the actual arson had nothing at all to do with the killer. It was just a random motherfucker that was mad. Like, I think his girlfriend, he'd taken his girlfriend there, like, to have sex, and she'd gotten mad and stormed off, and he said, you know what? I'm going to burn this motherfucking place down. And he burned it down. And, yeah, the, he, I mean, he confessed later on. It was him and his, a friend of his. So they'd burned it down. So it didn't have anything to do with, you know, that being
1: Yeah, he wouldn't have burned down his own fucking uh safe space.
0: Well, here's the creepy shit though. Yeah. After it burned down, like the cops went out there to like look at it and they found five lilacs that had been like clipped like off of a bush, like yeah. a, like a lilac bush over there, laid out on the driveway. And so they were all fresh? Yeah. Okay. And so they thought the killer must, because five, five victims. It had been right five here. victims so far. Yeah. So the, like the killer must have come here and put those there. Right. Because he didn't burn the place down. Like I said, they found the guy that burned the place down. It was just like a random motherfucker. That he might have saw anything. that,
1: it found out that it burned down, and he went out. Yeah. There to fucking pay tribute.
0: That's what they think to happened. His victims. That's what they think happened.
1: Or to hit, not to his victims, but pay tribute to
0: his prowess
1: of finding his victims. Right. You know, some weird shit like that.
0: But, yeah, see, I think that's what happened, too. Like, he went out there. He must have known, like, that it was... Well, he was probably going back and forth there all the time, so he yeah. probably knew, like, right when it burned down. Yeah. Which is fucked up. Well,
1: was he He was living at home,
0: huh? No, he li- He had an apartment. He had
1: an apartment?
0: He had actually lived in a frat house okay. prior to that because he was in a fraternity, but... um, no. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Okay, no, well, he, he lived in an apartment by. with a roommate. He couldn't do it in his apartment, so
1: he had to have another place. Yeah, because
0: I think he had, a, he had at least one roommate. Maybe yeah. two. I thought he just had one, but yeah, he had a roommate. Mm. Well, he was a college student. You know, what I mean, he lived off uh, off campus, like in an apartment. Now, Where's money coming from. Um. He, I think he had a part time job. Okay. Why like I think he worked. He worked in a factory or something. Right. I don't know if he had like I don't oh, know. Well. I don't know if he had a scholarship right. or if that, and his mom. Um, like I said, he had a single mom, and she. She had a house, uh, that she had mostly paid for, but she worked as a waitress, but she, the weird thing about it is like after he got caught, like she remortgaged the house so she could pay for a lawyer for him because she was just dead set that he was fucking innocent. Yeah. As far as I know, she thought that, you know, up until the present day. So, um, YP posted major. Oh, I guess what his major was, um, elementary education. He wanted to be a teacher. Which is pretty scary. But yeah, that's what his major was. Now, about two months later, not even two months later. I'm sure
1: he didn't give a shit about his major.
0: No, I'm sure he didn't. No. But that's what...
1: That's just what he... That's it what was he was probably studying. easy to get that one, and that's what he picked.
0: And, well, well, the, the weird thing about or... it is that like, um, apparently like some people that talked to him, like some people yeah. that had met him and shit like that, um, he knew a lot about it because they said he could converse about, yeah. you know, his studies and everything like yeah. that. Because even when he was in high school and shit like that, like everybody said he was super smart and he was a really good student and stuff. Like he was real conscientious, but yeah. Uh, so it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Whatever. Yeah. So yeah. So it wasn't even two months later after Don Basom, she was a 13 year old after she got killed. Uh, This was June 9th, 1969. Uh, Some teenage boys came across yet another body. This one was partially nude. Uh, Again, another young woman. It was in a field next to uh, an abandoned farmhouse on a road called North Territorial Road. Um, This victim had, again, uh, multiple stab wounds to the body. Uh, Two of the stab wounds had pierced her heart, which uh, I believe that was the cause of death. Also, she had a gunshot wound to her forehead and her neck had been cut. almost. She had almost been decapitated, like it went almost uh, all the way through to her spine. Um, the victim's thumb was also shot off. So they think that the guy like, came up with her, then that she put her hand up like that. Uh, and it blew her thumb off as well. Um, because they figured it was like point blank rape. Uh, she had been raped also but they could not determine whether this happened while she was alive or after she was dead. Um, they did find most of her clothing. It was kind of scattered around. Uh, however, one of her shoes was missing, which, again, he kept trophies, which, like I said, a lot of serial killers do that. This particular young woman was, uh, the following day, identified as a 21-year-old University of Michigan graduate student. Uh, and Her name was Alice Calum. Now, she had actually disappeared, uh, not too long after midnight on June 8th. She was actually last seen, uh, she had been at a party, like, uh, a friend had a party, like, not too far away, and she was walking back to her apartment. Now, they found, like, in this, obviously, he couldn't take the victims to his abandoned farmhouse anymore because it had burned down. But when they kind of fanned out and looked around, they did find this, um, gravel pit nearby. And they found a bunch of bloodstains and a couple of buttons that had come off of her raincoat. So they determined that this gravel pit is where he killed her. And then he went and dumped her like later on.
1: So he had to go to the gravel pit because he lost his other place.
0: Yeah. Now, the fact that this young woman had been shot in the head with a 22 Because remember how I said Jane Mixer, who again, spoiler alert, they found out later on through DNA that someone else had done that. But so they were, even back then, they were kind of like, we're not entirely sure that this is the same perpetrator, but, you know, they're kind of similar. So we're kind of leaving it in the, in the, in the roster. Um, But, and well, because she'd been shot, right. And she hadn't been mutilated or anything, but because this woman had been shot among other things, she had been mutilated and stabbed and stuff like that as well, but she had also been shot. So they're like, oh, well, maybe, maybe Jane Mixer, maybe that was this same guy because you know now he's shooting people too with the same caliber thing. so they weren't real sure so uh but this was something that kind of like gave them pause i guess because this victim had been shot and some of the other ones were not so at this point um at, you'd probably not be surprised to hear that you know all the college students around us were just freaking the fuck out and there was like a huge public outcry like i said uh the media were really like riding the cops hard that they hadn't caught this motherfucker yet. And um you know, particularly female students at both of the colleges were just like pretty nobody would hitchhike anymore. That's like they went everywhere in big groups and shit like that because, you know, this motherfucker was out there and they couldn't catch him. Uh they also had a reward going for information and back then in 1969 it was $42,000. Which I looked up, and that's, like, more than $340,000, yeah. like, in today's money. So that's how fucking serious they were about it. So, you know. I
1: wonder how many, how often they fucked people over out of their, out of that reward.
0: I always wonder like, about that, that because you never really hear, never, hear about...
1: Like, oh, that's not why we caught them. You know, some shit like that.
0: They probably always come up with <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Do, well, yeah. we caught them because of, like, police work, so yeah, we're not going to yeah. give you... I always wonder if, like, because they always like offer all these big rewards and stuff, and it's like I always wonder if anybody ever gets that. Yeah. Mm. Not like I ever looked any specific case, but you know what I mean. Um. Okay. So the last murder that has been attributed to this fucker was an 18-year-old young woman named Karen Byneman.
1: Wait, hold on. She was shot in the head, though. This last one, right? Uh, the no, not one. the
0: last one. The the, the previous one. Last the second to last one.
1: Okay, bite with a 22. Yeah. Okay. And then that other one was shot, but another dude did that. Okay. Yeah, they
0: but they didn't know, that, they at didn't the know that at the time. Um they just they weren't sure if it was the right one because that Jane Mixer, she had been shot twice in the head, um but she wasn't mutilated or anything like that. But there were other similarities that they thought, well, maybe it could be the same guy, but maybe not, you know. Yeah. They weren't sure.
1: 20 uh, for people who don't live in the United States, <clears throat> 22 long rifle, especially at this that's what they're talking about. It's a little bitty cartridge. It's basically like a almost a glorified BB gun, really. Pellet rifle. An air pellet rifle can actually kind of match that performance at certain ranges. But in those days, had you said shot with a twenty two? That shit was common as fuck. You could go to you could go to Sears and Roebuck and get a for just thirty or forty dollars get a get a single shot twenty two. Long rifle. Yeah, Ben said, we have twenty twos overseas, Tom. They were just fucking everywhere. (laughs) No, I'm just saying, here, in those days, they were just fucking everywhere. So it's almost like not real compelling evidence because those things were just so common.
0: I mean, it wasn't just that. There were, like, some other, like, where her body was found, like, the fact she was a student, like, the fact that she had accepted a ride with somebody she didn't know and it's like all this other kind of stuff. So there were other similarities, but yeah. the wounds and stuff weren't the same. Yeah. She was just shot and that was it.
1: And I think actually 22 long rifle is less common now in the United States than 9mm. 9mm is more common. And 22 is not as cheap as it used to shoot. It used to be to shoot. So, it, you know, I think 9mm is the king now probably for, the, for calibers in the United States in terms of just sheer numbers of them out there.
0: Ian says, if I was writing this as a book, I would make him accidentally kill the first girl and confide in his uncle, the cop. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, and his uncle did the rest of the killing and framed the nephew. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that, because uh, his because you obviously know about this case, because, yeah, his uncle was a cop. Um, so, yeah. So this is the last murder, like I said, Karen Bynum. Uh She was also a student at Eastern Michigan University, or EMU. Uh, <clears throat> she was actually last seen on July 23rd, 1969. <coughs> excuse me (coughs) damn (coughs) throat's getting all scratchy um 1969 so her roommate actually reported her missing what um she had done was she had gone downtown to go to this wig shop she had ordered like a like a hair piece not a whole wig but like a like a hair fall or something like that. You kind of clip into the back to make your hair look longer or whatever. So she had um, ordered that and went down there to pick it up. <clears throat> so that was the last time she was seen. And it. it was like the middle of the day. It was like noon or one or something like that. Three days after she disappeared and her roommate reported her missing, they found her body. Uh, again, found nude. They found her in like some woods, like down a gully um, next to the Huron River Parkway. She had also been horribly beaten, mostly about the face and also like the top half of the body. Um, She also had like a bunch of lacerations on her body that were like really deep, like so much that it had opened the skin up, um, like some of the skin had come off. Uh, Also, extensive skull and brain injuries uh, inflicted with a blunt instrument. Also, she had been forced to drink a caustic substance. Um, uh, The implication being later on when they found it later on that I think it was ammonia. um, The killer had also poured the ammonia or the caustic substance, whatever it was, all over her breasts and nipples, like burning them, and all over her neck and shoulders. Um, Also had taken a section of uh, cloth, like torn off some of her clothing, and stuffed it down in her trachea to keep it from screaming while he was keep her from screaming while he was doing all this stuff um so the cause of death officially according to the pathologist was the strangulation but he also said that the wounds to her head were so severe that it would have killed her if the strangulation had not they also she have,
1: couldn't have been conscious
0: i well i don't know. Head injuries. now um She had also been raped, uh, and they were able to determine that she had still been alive when that had happened. Also, um, he had torn off her underwear and stuffed it up her vagina. Now, interestingly, and this was one of the things that ended up, well, not necessarily getting him caught, but this was one of the big, like, things of evidence that ended up getting him convicted. So when they extracted her underwear, uh, they found semen on it, like I said, you know, which... Would have been good nowadays, but back then they didn't have DNA or anything. However, they did find over 500 clippings of human hair, like little clips as though it had been been uh, cut off with like a clipper. You yeah. know what I mean? Now, all of these hairs in the underwear were blonde. Now, she was dark haired and obviously the killer, which they found out later on, was also dark haired. So they couldn't figure out where these hairs had come from. So, but we'll get into that a God, little bit later. 100%. Well, that's what they thought at first too, yeah. but that's not what ended up happening. All right. So what they decided to do on, and this was a good idea, but it didn't quite work out the way they wanted. So they found this girl's body like in this gully and they said, okay, what they had wanted to do before, they said, well, we know that the killer has returned to the other bodies. So we want to stake this out, Right. They wanted to do it with the last two cases, but um, you know the news media had broken the story like before they could do because they said we want to keep everything like under wraps. We want like a, a media blackout so that nobody knows where the body is, so that the killer will come back thinking that we haven't found it yet, right? So they tried to do that with the last two, but it didn't work out because, like I said, the the news leaked out. But this one, they were actually able to do it, and it's kind of fucked up because they found the body, and they didn't tell the parents of this poor girl that they had found her body for like hours and hours and hours because they didn't want anybody to know. So they could stake it out and see if the killer came back.
1: That's reasonable though. I'm going to go ahead. Yeah. And it, it's
0: just it. kind of like, well, cause I was reading about it. Like I said, they didn't, they don't say this like on most of the things, but I read a book about it and they were talking about, they talked to all the cops and stuff. And, I can see how that would be upsetting and like some of the cops were like man we should really tell the parents it's really fucked up that we found this body and it's like they don't know like they still think that their daughter is missing or whatever and um but some of them were out it they're like look we're pretty sure that this guy we got to stake this out we're gonna see how this goes like I said it didn't work out but that's not really their fault it was a good idea so what they did um they're like "Well, we're not gonna leave the fucking body there what we'll do is we'll take the body because they said that's just disrespectful or whatever. So they did take the body away, but then they brought in like a mannequin, like yeah. they went to like a J C Penney or something, yeah, they made and see. they posed the mannequin there,
1: yeah,
0: and put, put a it decoy. and then they hid, like yeah. they had all the cops like hide around, I would have
1: done some shit like that, right? Man.
0: That's yeah. So like I said, it wasn't it wasn't a bad idea. It was a good idea. And it would have worked out because what happened was, so all the cops are kind of, like, hiding and they all have their radios and stuff like that. But then the weather got super shitty. Like, it started, like, raining and all this other kind of crap. And then it got dark and they couldn't really see. And then one of the cops, who was kind of, like, behind this tree or whatever, saw a guy, like, a young guy running from the site. Yeah, he saw So the body. they he think, that. Yeah. well, they think that this was him and that he came there to like see the. But they don't know if he touched the body. They don't think he did because they didn't get any prints off it. Because they did check the mannequin yeah. for prints later, um, but they think that he did come back to maybe see he it. Saw
1: that mannequin and, and maybe out.
0: saw it and freaked out and like yeah. ran away or something like that. But they didn't get a good look at him. You know, the weather was really bad, <laughs> and then like the cop like tried to radio it in, but the weather was so bad that the radios weren't working. Like it was yeah. all kind of like fucked up, and they couldn't really hear. So it's, like, pretty much just this one cop is, like, I'm pretty sure I saw a young guy, like, running away from the scene, and that was probably him. But they And then they kind of fanned out, and they tried to find him and shit like that, but they couldn't find him. So, like I said, when the media found out about this, they just, like, ran, you know, they ran him through the ringer. But like I said, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think that was actually a really good idea. I mean, the fact that it didn't work out, I don't think that was really their fault. You know what I mean? I think a lot of that was weather and whatever. I don't think it was anything... That they did necessarily because it was a good idea, and it does seem like the guy like came back like they thought he would, they just yeah. didn't see him and they couldn't catch him. That's all it was. So, uh, so yeah, sadly, that that did not work out, but it didn't take that much longer to find him. So, what they ended up doing was they go to the wig shop where this, uh, where the last victim, uh, went to like before she disappeared, and they asked the lady that owned it whose name was um, Diana Ghosh, I think is how you pronounce her last name. I'm not sure if it's Ghosh or it's G-O-S-H-E. So that could be Gosh, Gashi, Goshi. Could be lots of different things. So I'll just call her Diana. Yeah, she said, yeah, she came in here um, to pick up her wig thing. It was $20. Uh, she came in in the early afternoon and she's like, and interestingly, outside of the shop waiting for her was a young man with dark hair parted on the side like a handsome dude um he was wearing a horizontal striped shirt or sweater and he was sitting on a blue motorcycle outside like uh, like he was waiting for her now interestingly the victim here said to the woman that owned the wig shop she's like i'm doing she said i'm paraphrasing but she said something like oh i'm doing some stuff i never thought that i would do You know, and they're like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, I'm buying a wig. Oh, and also I accepted a ride from this stranger. Like, she would never normally do that, but she's doing it today. She's like, oh, I'm being crazy. It was that kind of shit. Um, Apparently, like, the woman that owned the wig shop said something like, that, that the girl said to her, I've got to be either the bravest or the dumbest girl alive because I've just accepted a ride from this guy. So they actually got a decent look at him. And the motorcycle. Now, Diana, who owned the wig shop, she initially, she's like, I don't know a huge amount about motorcycles. She thought it was a Honda 350. But when they asked this other woman that worked in, I think it was like a chocolate shop that was like next to the wig shop, yeah. that woman was real into motorcycles. And she's like, no, no, it was a Triumph. <laughs> like, she's like, yeah, she's like, it was blue. And she like described it really well because she was really into motorcycles. Probably she, Triumph Bonneville. So it was, yeah. it was a Triumph Bonneville. Yeah. Now, the description that they gave um, was actually overheard by another cop that was there who was a patrolman. His name was Larry Matthewson.
1: Oh, hold on one second. What's that? The reason why the girl thought that the other one was a (coughs) Honda 350 is because Honda made a, a thing called a 305. I think it was called a 305 Nighthawk back in the 60s. Looked just like a bottom. Well, that's
0: what she thought it was. Yeah, it just that's like what a, I think. She, that's what she thought it yeah. was. But she said she wasn't sure. Yeah. She just said it she thought it was maybe a Honda and it was blue. Yeah, yeah
1: there is a Honda that looked just like that. From yeah, that era.
0: I think they even took her it and a copy the other of it. and the other woman that worked at the wig shop who had also seen the guy. They even took them to like a Honda dealership to see yeah. if they could pick something out that yeah. looked like the bike. You know what I mean? I think it was
1: called a three hundred five Superhawk or three hundred five Nighthawk or something. It was a copy of the bill Yeah.
0: Because.
1: The Japanese loved the Bonneville; they wanted yeah. their own. So Honda made a little replica. Basically.
0: Yeah, but the but the yeah. girl in the shop next door, which I'm pretty sure was a chocolate shop, but she said, "Yeah, that was a Triumph." Yeah, the Bonneville. Because oh, she had, that was she, had, she noticed it for you
1: for, the, for all these you don't know what I'm talking about. That was Fonzie's motorcycle.
0: Yeah, there you go. See, yeah. I don't even remember what yeah. Fonzie's, Fonzie's Fonzie. motorcycle yeah. looked like. Although I used to I used to really yeah. like Happy Days. But if I remember I
1: correctly, that Fonzie rode Bonneville.
0: So yeah, so while the women in the wig shop were describing this dude to the cops, like I said, one of the um, cops that was there was like a patrolman, Larry Mathewson. And the way they were describing the dude, like they did like some sketches of him. They weren't great, but they, I mean, it kind of looked like him though. This guy thought, man, that description sounds just like a guy who used to be in my frat, uh, who's, it was Theta Chi, I think was the frat that he was in. And he's like, and his name is John Norman Collins. Now he knew that that guy had, that Collins had been interviewed previously, but they had, you know, not really checked up, and they just thought it wasn't him. And this particular patrolman, it so happened, had actually seen John Norman Collins. Like I said, he knew him. He had been in the same frat as him, like at the same time. And he's like, and I saw that dude riding his Blue Triumph around town on the day that that girl disappeared. Like he, he, you know, he just remembered it. So he actually went to Collins and asked him about it. Like, you know, what were you up to? And there's kind of like a extensive, um, thing about it, like in the book where he was trying to not accuse him, I guess, because he didn't really think it was him because he knew him, but he was trying to kind of like go around and like, kind of say, Hey, did you see anybody that had a motorcycle like yours? that day or who kind of looked like you that day like he was kind of asking him shit like that because he said he didn't want him to like clam up to i don't think he really thought it was him at that point but he thought it was him enough that he thought he would go and ask him about it so um so what he said he's like yeah i was riding my bike around that day it was a triumph bonneville like i said it was blue and he's like yeah i stopped and talked to a former girlfriend of his which they later found out was true because they went and interviewed her like a guy, a girl he had dated for a time. And so eventually they went to that girl and they asked if she had any recent photos of him. And it turned out that she did. She had like two pictures of him that were like of him standing by a Christmas tree or some shit like that, that were only a few months old. So she loaned them to the cops and then the cops went back to the wig shop and said, was this the guy that you saw? And they were pretty sure that that was him. Um, so there was that. Now, they knew that he owned two Triumphs. He had a blue one and a green one. And he had a couple of other motorcycles, too, but I don't remember what they were. <clears throat> they were some brand that I'd never heard of. Like I said, he did have a part-time job. Um, it was kind of a like a factory-type place. They made, like, drum brakes or something like that. Um, so, uh, so they kind of went and, like investigated him now interestingly they asked him they went to back to his frat brothers and said well isn't it true that you used to be in this frat and then now you live by yourself and when they went back to his frat they didn't want to really say anything bad about him at first but like the more they asked they're like oh well we actually kicked him out because he kept stealing shit like he was um like a habitual thief the klepto Uh, yeah he was like a kleptomaniac so he kept like stealing stuff from them so like eventually they kicked him out but it's like interesting that they didn't want to say anything bad about him at first they were just like oh it just didn't work out or whatever but then like the more they asked him they're like uh yeah he kept stealing shit from us that's why we kicked him out so he went and like moved to his own place And the more that they, like, asked other acquaintances, like, other people that knew him, they said a lot of people thought that he was an okay dude. They said he was really nice, he was really, like, cool around women, everything like that. But then there were a few people that thought that he was, um, uh, one person called him oversexed. That was a word that was thrown around. Um, And also said that he had, like, a hair-trigger temper. Like, he was normal, but, like, if he got mad, like, he would just, like, fucking turn on a dime like that. And he'd get, like, really mad and it would surprise you, you know what I mean? Because he wasn't normally like that. Um, There was also an instance where he allegedly uh, was with a woman, like, I'm assuming it was he was on a date and she didn't want to have sex with him and he raped her anyway she didn't uh, go to
1: the cops
0: which well nor, um, I hate to tell you but even nowadays and especially back then yeah. uh, a lot of it is not reported, yeah, they is didn't not want reported. That.
1: yeah the girl doesn't want to carry that around as that's what know,
0: I mean her her so a lot of team. even nowadays people don't uh, yeah. report it all that often Yeah. and back then it was probably like a lot worse
1: we knew a girl like that
0: from Yeah. the
1: club got raped by three or four dudes they picked her up she was sitting on a damp. this is when she was younger She, but she told a bunch of people and they never treated her the same way again. They treated her like she was like a mentally ill or damaged or some shit like that. Every
0: That's now and what then I mean. We see her. And it's like you wonder. It's like I'm. You know what? It's like yeah. I don't know. I like to think that if that had happened to me, I would reported it. But I don't know if I would.
1: She told me the whole story.
0: I don't know if I would. She
1: told me the whole story. And a lot
0: of people won't. Yeah. So it's a lot more common than you think because yeah. a lot of people don't report it. Yeah. <clears throat> but she hadn't reported it apparently. But they found out later, like just through the grapevine, like asking people around. Yeah. Um. So they also asked some of his former girlfriends, because it was a lot. Like I said, he always, he didn't have any trouble getting women. He always had ones, like he'd bring them home on the weekends and stuff. And like his roommates were like, wow, bro, like way to pull. You know what I mean? But it was that. But a couple of his former girlfriends did say that if uh, you were on your period, then he'd get really, really mad. And and that was something that a lot of them had. Oh my God, how dare you? Had noticed. How dare you? One girl in particular said she had been and I guess she had been kinda of casually like dating him for a bit. Yeah. And it's like they were either outside the apartment or they were in the apartment and he was like started like, you know, groping on her boobs or whatever. And then he pulled back and said, Are you on your period? And she's like, Yeah and he was like, That's disgusting And then like he stormed out. Yeah. And she's like, Okay. You know what I mean? And he then couldn't work
1: around that? And then he she didn't did, and then it. she
0: didn't see him again. He couldn't work around. I was like, Well, it. that was fucking
1: He's not the kind Bullet of guy dodged. His, he's not the kind of guy to get his blood wings.
0: I guess not. <laughs> I, you know what? It's like I know this is gross, but I do have kind of like a lot of admiration for a dude that will just like plunge right in there. Yeah, but you know I what? I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't care.
1: That fucking. <laughs> my
0: ex wife. I respect that. I respect that.
1: My ex wife said that was the best sex of the fucking world. Was beyond a fucking rag just looking pound the shit
0: out of her I mean honestly it depends um you know I don't I don't have that anymore because like yeah. I said I'm older now but yeah. um but when I was, usually like the first day or two it's like I didn't feel like doing fucking shit, much less yeah. like I, I just like I just want to lay here and cry is what I mostly yeah. want to do because it hurts so bad no
1: Tiff had asked me for help
0: <laughs> I had to come to the rescue well I've heard that I've yeah. heard that it does alleviate yeah but sure. I I just never felt good enough to like As she said. She I just never felt... It
1: alleviated all the cramping. I've
0: like, heard that. Yeah. But like I said, I always felt so shitty. Yeah. Like the first day or two that I'm just yeah. like, I don't even feel like doing anything. I just couldn't even stand upright. Yeah. That was how bad the pain was. And she, uh,
1: you yeah. Tiff was a goth girl. She kind of, into fucking, she kind of, our sexual, our, our sex the... Back in those days, the gothic sexual sexual orientation was bondage. That was the second. And the well, I mean, it still, it's it's still some, is to some you know? extent. And the fucking, uh, she said, the pain pleasure mixture would fucking just send her over the fucking roof. She fucking loved it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, but like and I anyway, said, I, like I said, then the clamp cramps would be alleviated. Yeah, and she'd feel a lot better.
0: I didn't usually fuck with it because, like I said, the first day or two, it's just like I didn't feel like doing anything because I felt yeah. so fucking gross and in yeah. such pain and stuff. But I had heard that. I never I like, had
1: It never, never really fucking bothered me.
0: I just, okay. But see, i that's because a lot of dudes are yeah. grossed out by yeah. it. And yeah. I'm just like, dude, it's just, no. you know, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's like, look, I've experienced this shit for decades. It is kind of gross, but it's just kind of like, you can't, you got to deal with it. Was, it. You got to
1: deal with it. It's nowhere near what a dude thinks. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad.
0: I mean, really, it's really it's just not. just going
1: to leave fucking red rings and varnish.
0: I mean, you sure. just got to, like, take some precautions. Yeah, like, you don't want to, like, stain some Nobody shit, did. but you yeah. know what I mean. It's not yeah. that big of a deal. I have done it before, like, on the <laughs> run, but, you know what <laughs> I mean. But like I said, <laughs> if you have one fun. of those diva cups or something like that, like, yeah. we, you know, we've done it before, so, like, well, when I, I had yeah. a cup up there. Yeah, and I think
1: it's funny that, you know, like, some of these retro dudes had these fucking pretty retro fucking hang-ups. And it wasn't just maniacs. You had guys with fucking top notch society, fucking Howard Hughes. All right, Howard Hughes was a fucking rich guy. He was open minded. Fucking he was all into fucking avionics and for aviation, you know, and all kinds of stuff. And he just thought going down on a chick was fucking some wild shit. You know what I mean? And uh, he thought that shit was wild as a motherfucker. He thought that was like the.
0: Which I mean, now it's just kind of like, you better do that. And he he would.
1: Evidently, asked to check the chick to douche first, like he's worried about that.
0: Oh, he's gonna get like germs. Well, yeah, like, but he, he done,
1: wanted like, to do it, but you had to fucking douche first. He, maybe he thought that you might get sick or for some or something. But anyway, well,
0: he was like germ phobic, and honest, yeah, and don't germ-phobic. and don't douche because that'll like fucking. Yeah, they, they used to tell it. you to do that, but it's like that's yeah. really bad for you. But
1: fucking, one of the, long make this long story short. They <laughs> found a fucking the story behind this damn box is pretty awesome. I read a whole book written by a guy named Dietrich, who was his right-hand man, who ran his empire for him. He hired him off the street; he was just a boxer. He didn't trust lawyers or any fucking anybody with a college degree. Didn't fucking trust you. There might be something to be said about that, though, especially even back in those days. And um, he, Hughes disappeared. He was out in the wild. Nobody knew where he was for like about a year, and he came back with this box told him to hide the box. A couple years later, fucking the box got water on it and they opened it up to see what it was. And it was a bunch of Red Rider comic books and a whole bunch of douches were fucking wrapped up and folded nicely with dates written on them. Like fucking a hundred douches. Dude was a weirdo. So, he was going down on chicks so and recording it. And like, <laughs> and keeping the trophies and shit. So that he knows how, how, how much pussy he was licking. I mean, fucking Howard, man. I guess, and he did that as a poor guy. He didn't have, you know, because he would run from his own money and live as a poor guy for like a year at a time.
0: Yeah, crazy,
1: crazy motherfucker.
0: Yeah, Ben said Hughes was very worried about blood. Yeah, yeah. Ian said it's just young dudes that don't have experience. It was gnarly the first time, and after that, you good.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> we did a show on Hughes. You
1: guys can go back in the catalog and watch him. I, um, I had a lot of respect for Howard Hughes. I have a lot of. I think he was a good man. A lot of head injuries and O C D. That was that was his death. yeah he had he had issues and uh, he couldn't trust guy. other people, but um, he was an intelligent guy, very good looking and fucking for his for his era, especially like the 30s and shit in the 40s he was fucking he was king, as a young man owning RKO studios, RKO pictures, and he he did have some idiosyncrasies about him, but a, a lot of guys have idiosyncrasies. Well, it, everyone it, does. Yeah, and for his time. Uh, his he wasn't weird. He, uh, he got weird later on after all those head injuries. That's true. But no, he was a regular guy. or not I'm gonna say a regular guy. He was fucking one of the coolest fucking rich guys, really <clears throat> for his era.
0: Ben says uh, they are all right though. Menstrual bleeding is gross. You need to stay away till it's gone. <laughs> and then YP posted: "Women are built for life, for good or ill, good or ill deal." Yeah, I'm always just kind of like, look, I, like I said, I went through it for decades and it is a little bit gross, but it's like, it's not, you have to deal with it. I, you know, starting when you're 12 years old and uh, some girls start earlier than that. I was about average in that regard. But, um, you know, and I went through it until I was what, 49, something like that. 48, 49. Uh, so you have to go through it just every, and actually mine was closer together. So a lot of people's, you know, 28 days, mine was three weeks apart. So every three weeks. Uh, I would have that shit happen uh, unless I was on the pill and then it was more regulated, but you just kind of, it's not great, but you got to deal with it. And I always like, and I know dudes are grossed out by it. a lot of dudes are grossed out by it, but I always have like a lot of respect for dudes that are not grossed out by it because yeah, it's kind of gross, but what are you going to do? It's like, you can't do anything about it. It's just like a bodily function, you know? And I get, but I totally respect like if people don't want to have sex on it and stuff like that, that's fine. It's like, I'm not bothered by that. I'm not saying oh you have to or anything like that, but I do have like respect for dudes that aren't grossed out by it. <laughs> That'll be like, ah, I don't care." You know what I mean? <laughs> Cuz Tom's like, "Yeah, I don't care." <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it was more me that was just kind of like, "Nah, I don't I don't really feel that good." So it's like, I'm not going to do it, but but he wasn't bothered. He was just like, "Man, whatever. It's it's like I've been through it all before. It's okay." Um, but yeah. So so there's that. Where's yeah. So this guy, I don't know. He seemed to have like a weird aversion like, you know, more than normal, I would guess, where he just thought it was, like, completely disgusting, and maybe he was one of those dudes that, like, thought you could, like, stop it, and, like, we were doing it on purpose or something, I'm like, look, bro, if we could stop it, we would, um, you know, why do you think, like, some chicks, like I said, would just take birth control pills all the time to keep it from doing it, so, because we don't like it either, we don't like it any more than you do, um, but yeah. So so they found that out when they interviewed... Man, I might need another drink, you think? Okay. While you're walking around. How much time around. do you think
1: we have on the show? Um,
0: not that long. Because I want to eat
1: afterwards. I'm going to reheat some of that stuff.
0: Oh, okay. Well, it's okay. We don't, you know... It's, okay. it's not like I have to get up at five in the morning like I normally would. We are going to work on Stream8 tomorrow, but we can just start that whenever. But yeah, so so after they found out about some of the... um some of his girlfriends like saying stuff about how the weird thing that he had about periods they also started asking like some of his uh co-workers like at the factory that he worked at and a couple of them said yeah he was really into describing um the bodies that they found like in super graphic detail especially to the other women that worked there and they found out like just from interviewing some of the women that some of the details that he told them had actually not been released to the media. So they thought that was kind of interesting that he knew some of that stuff and he would, it seemed like, I don't know if they said this outright, but it seemed like he was kind of like getting off on describing like the, the fucked up shit that had happened to the bodies. Like, and especially describing it to the women because I guess he liked them being grossed out or shocked or whatever. Now he said when they asked him about this, He said, oh, I knew about that because my uncle, whose name is David Leake, I think is how you pronounce his last name. He was a sergeant in the police force and he told me. Now, his uncle was a cop, uh, was a sergeant. Now, they found out, it's like, so the stuff that he was describing, like what the injuries of the body were and stuff like that, which they hadn't told the media, um, that was what happened to them. So, So either he knew or, but he said, oh, my uncle told me. So they went and asked the uncle and he was like, yeah, I wouldn't have told anybody that. So yeah. I don't know where he's getting that from. Now, um, as they looked further into it, they also found out that, and I think I alluded to this earlier, but that Collins, even if he didn't know, know the victims, he for sure lived in close proximity to like a bunch of them. Um, he had like the first victim who is, uh, Mary Flesher and the second victim who is Joan Shell um he had actually lived either across the street or like next door like so he lived like on the same street as the two of them um and actually mary Fletcher, the first victim he actually worked because he had um a job like on campus and she did too he actually worked in an office right across the hall from hers so he would have seen her presumably like pretty much every day or whenever he was working Um, it also turned out that he had had a former girlfriend who lived right across the street from the 13 year old victim, Don Basum. So, and he went to visit this girlfriend all the time. So it was presumed that he had seen this girl at some point. So even though he maybe wasn't stalking, stalking them, the, it seemed like most of the victims were girls and women that he had seen in the vicinity. You know what I mean? And he was just kind of like, oh, I'm going to get that one or whatever. So it was that. Now, they also asked the woman at the uh, wig shop, like I said, the, the two women at the wig shop, they came in, well, they brought John uh, Collins in and they put him in a lineup because they had already looked at the photos and they said, yeah, that looks like him. So they brought in the lineup and they're like, okay, yeah, that's definitely him. And then they ended up finding like a whole bunch of other witnesses who had actually seen who they thought was him in that sweater, on that motorcycle, like in that area when, uh, when Bynum disappeared. So there was that as well. And also they found out that that same day that she disappeared, a bunch of other women came forward and said, yeah, that guy that looked like that in the striped shirt on the blue triumph, he came up and tried to get me to ride on the back of his motorcycle. And I said, no, so he had been cruising around trying to pick girls up that particular day. And she was just the one that accepted the ride, I guess. Uh, much to her detriment so they went to this motherfucker's apartment on July 27th, 1969 uh, he had a roommate whose name was Arnold Davis now when they came in there Collins was like I absolutely don't know any of these people I didn't do anything blah blah they said why don't you come back and take a lie detector test and he would not do that now they didn't really have enough to arrest him or hold him on or anything like that they were just kind of like questioning him However, they found out later on that his roommate later told them that the, the either the that night or the next night, after they had asked him to come take a polygraph and he wouldn't take it, his roommate said he came out of his room and had this box that kind of had part of a blanket over it, but like the blanket sort of slipped off while he was carrying it. And they said inside this box was a single woman's shoe that was kind of purple or maroon colored. Um, some kind of like something rolled up that kind of looked like a pair of jeans, um, and a burlap purse. And so the, so he takes that stuff out of the apartment. Like later on, his roommate is like, what the fuck was that all about? And the guy's like, oh, I just, it was just some stuff I decided to get rid of. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, they will find out later on that that was stuff that belonged to some of the victims and he was getting rid of it. They never did find it though, so they don't know if he burned it or what. So David Leake, who was a sergeant and who was um, for the state police, and he was this dude's uncle. It turned out that he had actually been on, him and his wife and kids, he had three kids, I think, three sons, and they had been on vacation at the time that Bynum had disappeared. And they had given Collins the key to the house to come in there and feed their dog while they were gone, because they were gone for a couple weeks or whatever. So he was the only one with the key to the house. He would come in there and feed the dog and shit like that. Now, they came home um, three days after the last victim was discovered, like her body was discovered. And what happened was that they went down to um, the basement or, you know, the sergeant's wife, who I think her name was Sandra. She went down to the basement and she noticed some shit missing, like nothing important. But she's like, I had like a... Empty box of, like, laundry detergent. I had a bottle of ammonia down here, and now it's gone. Mm. And then they noticed that there was, like, black spray paint, like, on the floor. And they're like, that definitely was not there before. So what the fuck is that all about? Um, And the and the can of black spray, pr- spray paint that had been in there was also gone. So they thought that was a little bit weird. That's why that girl weird. was black.
1: He spray painted her.
0: Well, no, not necessarily. Okay. No, it all wasn't. Right. It wasn't that.
1: Wasn't that first one? Okay. No, no, no. No, she
0: was she was black because she was right. uh, rotten. Okay, like I said, they found out later because remember where I said that farmhouse yeah. that burned down later? Yeah. They found a place that they thought that the body had been laying where it's just kind of like it was real shaded and cool, like in this one spot, and then this one spot like had sun coming in the thing, and they think that was where the body was laying because it looked I mean, like and the same configuration. Time
1: and the teenagers didn't find it, up huh? weird.
0: Yeah, I guess I like I said it was a big place, and I don't yeah. really know if. Um, you know, and it might have been a while, and he knew there was nobody coming out there or whatever. So at this point, they tell, so the cops tell uh, David Leak They're like, look, we hate to tell you this, but your nephew, who they loved him, I mean, obviously they trusted him to come in there. They gave him the key to their house to feed their dog and shit like that. And especially the wife, Sandra, she was like a a mother to him because he was kind of estranged from his mom. So he always considered these two like his kind of more his real parents. Like he hung out there all the time and he played with their kids and whatnot. So they just loved him and they couldn't believe it. So, um, so the cops told him like, look, um, you know, your nephew is a suspect. And um, they kind of told him what they had against him at that point, which wasn't a huge amount, but it was still like pretty, you know, it, it was still like pretty interesting. Now, he didn't tell them at this point because he didn't think anything about it. He didn't tell them. Tell him that there was, like, shit missing from the base Because it wasn't anything valuable. Like I said, right. it was just a bottle of ammonia and there was, he, like, he a he paint. Put two and two together. Right. And he's like, well, maybe somebody broke in. Even though he yeah. looked around the house and there was no sign of forced entry or anything like that. So he's like, well, maybe it was him that did it. But it's probably, like, an innocent explanation. Like, he didn't think anything about it. But then, the next day, um, the start, he got kind of, like, suspicious about it. So he called, talked to one of the other cops. And they said, well, we'll go back to the basement and see. So they scraped some of the black spray paint up. And there was some shit underneath there that kind of looked like blood. So they were like, okay. So at this point, David Lee goes to the cops and says, I found something. It's like, I think it might be blood. Like, you guys need to come and, like, check this out. So, like I said, mad respect because this dude's his nephew. And like I said, as soon as he thought something was fishy, he's like, come in here and check this out. Because,
1: odd.
0: Because, yeah. So
1: he used spray paint to hide a blood, hide a blood stain? Well. Th- we're going to see. Yeah, right.
0: we'll see. So, yeah. So he gets everybody to come in. The cops come in. So they do, like, a huge... uh, And they tried to be sneaky about it because they didn't want to tip him off because they knew they didn't have enough evidence to hold Collins on a murder charge. Yeah. So they were just kind of like, well, we don't want him to really... Like, he kind of knows he's a suspect, but we don't want him to know that we know all of this stuff. So they kind of had to, like, park around the block and shit like that. So they all come in there, like, on the down low and, like, check out the basement, right? Now, it turned out that the Stain's that had been covered by the black paint were actually not blood they were actually like varnish and when they told him this like they did the forensic analysis of it or whatever and when they told david Leake this the sergeant he was like oh shit i remember like i spilled varnish on the floor like i was painting the window panes or something like that and shit like that but then he's like but wait why would he spray paint over varnish unless he thought It was blood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, so that looks even more suspicious.
1: Yeah.
0: And so then they're like, because at first they were just kind of like, oh, well, it's not blood. But then they kind of like started looking around even more. And then they found a bunch of little hair clippings. Remember how that one victim had all those hair clippings, like 500 hair clippings in her underwear that had been shoved up in her vagina? Yeah. That didn't belong to her, obviously, because they were short and blonde. So, they found all these hair clippings down there, and they're like, What the fuck is this? And so the sergeant says, Oh, my wife cuts our little kid's hair down okay, here. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's where the hair would have cut. Come- and they're like, Oh. And at this point, like the sergeant, because he was state police, he didn't know that they had found all those hairs, like in that girl's so he underwear. He killed her down there. Yeah. That's yeah. where he killed her in his yeah. uncle and aunt's House. basement. Yeah. They know that that's where he killed the kid because yeah, there was like a bunch of hair transfer. He's like, yeah, our, our wife like cuts her, brings down the little shaver yeah. thing and like cuts all the kid's hair down here and it said it actually cut it before we went on vacation because like right. I said, they were gone for like two weeks.
1: He didn't see the hair on the ground. She probably sweeped a lot, swept a lot of it up, but they're probably a yeah. lot more.
0: She so, so yeah, so they asked about that. So they're like, oh shit. And then when they looked even more, they did find some blood stains. Yeah. Um, they were small, but they were big enough that they could type them and it turned out because one was, like, on the side of the washer or something like that. And they found out that the blood that they found in there was type A, uh, which was the same kind as Karen Vineman, who was mm-hmm. the last victim. So they think that's where she was uh, killed. So, yeah, they did a forensic analysis on the hairs found in her underwear and the ones found in the basement and were a perfect match. Also, they interviewed all of um, the neighbors around there. And a couple of them said that they had seen Collins leaving the house with the laundry detergent box I don't know what he did with that because I think I think the wife said it was empty but he definitely took the ammonia and I think that's what he used on that um victim as well also one of the um neighbors thought they had heard like a woman screaming but like muffled kind of like coming from yeah. the house yeah like see, at some thing point about
1: stuffing rags down in their throats. I think that's post-mortem. Because that alone would kill you. I'd have to see how far down they're talking about. Yeah, I'm And she would right just there. spit it out if, if, if she was fighting. I think that was done post-mortem. It might have been. And um, the same thing with the with the uh, the ammonia. That was probably
0: post-mortem. He's probably trying to clean evidence off of her. That, I think that was the first one that he had. Although, like I said, he was real into, like, torture. In the sense that a lot of the victims, like, he slashed their breasts and shit like that. So he might have been, like, trying out something new, you know what I mean? He might have got some
1: semen down in her mouth. She might have been giving him head earlier.
0: Uh, And he turns
1: on her. He worries about it. After he kills her, he pours all that down her throat, maybe try to destroy it. But what was funny is that there wasn't any DNA. They didn't know about DNA back
0: then. No, this is the late 60s. They didn't know any of that back then
1: can't get a living person to swallow a bunch of fucking caustic material. They'd throw it right back up. But think. I'm not real sure. I think it was po- probably something post I'm not willing to say think, anything real think he's, or think definitive he's, about that. Yeah, he's torturing them, beating them up. But then after they're dead, he's doing more to him. That's what I think.
0: Yeah, they, I mean, they do think that he did some shit. Because if so she after was down that, in the basement,
1: but. he's doing this to her. He's got to go upstairs to go get that ammonia. And then no, it was in her. the basement. It was in the basement? Yeah. It was just something he saw and grabbed. Yeah.
0: It was like down with the. Because that was like where the laundry shit was and everything. No and So the wife no had a thing of ammonia. Because she noticed that it was gone. Yeah. Like when they came back from vacation.
1: She's going to be laying there semi conscious, minimum. Because he's been beating on her so bad. Didn't he crush her skull in? That yeah, was, most
0: of them had like real bad And like, that's what killed engines. her,
1: crushing the skull in? Yeah. Okay. It's fucked yeah. up. Yeah, and you know, any rag that's in her mouth, she's gonna spill it, spit it out. If she, if it's down in her throat or trachea, I'd have to see like how far down they're talking. She'd be suffocating anyway. Wouldn't matter if you were. Well, you, I guess you can breathe through your nose, but no, I think if you get an airway blockage down there, you can't breathe, really breathe through your nose, can you?
0: No, I would guess. Yeah. So. I'm this can't sure all like be happening, happening
1: to her at once. This is... Well, no, I'm sure it's like a another. prolonged... Yeah. And I think some of it is after she's dead. He's stuffing things in her throat and putting things up in her vag. And
0: I mean, who fuck knows? Fucking humiliating
1: the body, having fun with it or whatever. Yeah. That's which, what should.
0: Like I said, that's also not great, but... Yeah.
1: yeah but uh, Yeah. I think he killed her by hitting her in the head with a fucking boom. Because you know, even if that doesn't kill you... That massive head head trauma, you'd
0: be out, or you'd only be semi conscious. I mean, I yeah, hope, I out. hope,
1: yeah,
0: that they didn't really know what was happening nah, to them. Yeah. But I mean, you never know because some people have gone through like some horrible fucking torture and have well, been that other conscious for most of that shit.
1: That other one he was hitting with. Well, the Well, she was
0: struggling. They know yeah, that, right? So she was alive during being that.
1: stabbed. I mean, I've known people that have been stabbed before. They say they don't even know that they got stabbed. They thought they got punched.
0: Then yeah that's pretty was, common for people yeah, to it's, say it's that
1: it's not and stabbing is not very effective that's why they're stabbed so many times you know it's not like in the movies where you stab a person once and, and blah, then they just fall instantly over dead. No.
0: you want to hear something Don't even that know that it happened up? a case that i wrote about which as far as i know is still unsolved
1: yeah.
0: um i think it was a little girl what was her name i think her name was wendy Wollen. And she was just walking down the street like her mom was bringing the car around, like they'd just been to the mall or some shit like that. This happened back in the 60s? I think it was 60s or 70s. How old are you talking about? Um, she was, um, I can't remember, 11, 12, okay. like she, yeah, yeah, little girl, walking down the street like her mom was bringing the car around, like from the parking garage. And a dude just walked by and just stabbed her in the stomach and then just kept on walking. Yeah. And she lived for a while, like they took her to the hospital and she yeah. said, a dude punched me in the stomach. Yeah. She said a guy punched me in the stomach, but it wasn't. He had stabbed, stabbed her, her with a hunting knife, and yeah. she died later, like cause wow. from her from internal bro- injuries. Yeah. Bleeding, yeah, and they never did catch that motherfucker either. Yeah, as far as I know, but it's, I think Wendy Wollen was her name. But yeah, she. Th- so that just reminded me of that. That she said somebody punched me in the stomach. That was what she said. Yeah, well, like when everybody ran over.
1: Yeah,
0: she's like that guy punched. And the dude in just the stomach. ran off. Yeah, he just ran off. They well, didn't run off. No, like ch- people okay. chased him, but okay. they they couldn't, catch, they couldn't him. catch him. They couldn't catch him. <laughs> Yeah, he was... They, and they think that he stabbed someone else earlier on. Like, he was rocking around stabbing people like a crazy person. Yeah. But like I said, I think this was... By, I can't remember what city it was in, but... He was doing it at random? Yeah, it seemed like...
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's just like a fucking nut. Yeah. But I don't think they ever caught him. But yeah, so... um, So at that point, so they search the house, and they're like, okay, well, that's that's pretty good. And at this point, Collins is in custody, but he calls in the lawyer. Like, his mom is just kind of like... She was kind of a Karen... And she's just, like, in there being like, oh, this is my baby, and he didn't do it. So she's, like, already calling a lawyer, don't say anything, and she's doing all this other kind of shit. And they, I mean, to be fair, the cops knew that they didn't really necessarily have enough to hold him on, so they were just kind of like, we can only hold him for how many hours it is, um, so we really want to, like, have enough to, like, arrest him. So they were waiting for the shit to come back from the lab, like the hair samples and the blood and everything like that. So it's like, so we have something to hold him on. So he's there. They go and they tell him That it's like, oh, well, most of the stuff that they found underneath the paint was varnish. Weirdly, when they told him that, he busted out crying. Yeah. And I'm just like, I wonder if it was relief or if he thought, oh, well, wait, now that looks even more suspicious. Because obviously... He had taken the paint because they, you know, they, you know, they saw him take it or they know that he took it. So it's just kind of like, obviously he thought that was blood and he's like, oh, shit, I got to cover that up, even though it wasn't blood. But they did find some blood other in another place that wasn't covered with paint that was like hidden. So I guess he thought, oh, well, shit, I shouldn't have done that. It looked even more suspicious or he was relieved because he thought, oh, now they don't get me on nothing. I'm not really sure. They said he busted out crying, but then he kind of like got his shit together and said, oh, I didn't do anything. I didn't know that chick or whatever. So the thing about it, so they're waiting and waiting. And they're just like, look, they're they're calling, like, the people. They're like, look, can we have the lab results? Like, we want to hold this dude. We don't want to, yeah. like, let him go. And they're just kind of like, we don't know. Just, you know, might not be back yet and blah, blah, blah. And, like, you know, Collins and his mom are there. And, the, like, the lawyers, they're like, we're taking him home right now and all this other kind of shit. And then finally, like, the copler, the, you know, district attorney or whatever, just, just go arrest him. Arrest him. It's like, you can arrest him. It's fine. Yeah. So they did. So they kept him in custody because, like I said, they really did not want him to get away. You know what I mean? So they go and looked through his apartment and all of his vehicles. Uh, They did find, like, a bunch of stolen stuff. Like, nothing really that had anything to do with the murders. But, like, remember how I said he got kicked out of the frat because he was, like, a fucking klepto? Yeah. They found a bunch of stuff that he had stolen. And they found out that he had this friend uh, who had formerly lived there with them who was a roommate whose name was andrew manuel and him like collins and manuel they were quite the little burglary team they would just go and like steal shit all the time so they but they didn't find anything having to do so they found a bunch of that stuff but they didn't find anything having to do with the murders and also all they knew about that was that what his other roommate said like andrew i think was his name or um or arnold rather who said, yeah, he took that box out that had a shoe in it and jeans and shit like that, that they're pretty sure was like stuff from the murder victim. So he destroyed it. They never did find that. But so all they had was his word for it. Now, interestingly, what had happened that they found out later was that Collins and his other klepto roommate, they had gone to California at the end of June. And when they kind of coordinated with the cops over there, they found out there was a very similar Murder that happened in California in Salinas, a 17 year old girl named Roxy Ann Phillips. Uh, she had actually been um, walking around and they saw this dude. She had been walking around with a friend of hers and they saw this dude cruising around in a car and he had said his name was John and that he was from Michigan and the car had Michigan plates. Now they had been staying in this camper trailer thing. They rented it in Michigan, then they drove it to California and then they just left it there. So they stole it essentially. Um, they Who left this? It, Collins and his friend. Okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. So they had driven it out to California that with no intention of like bringing it back. Right. Hmm. So it turned out that while he was in California, there was this murder that was unsolved. Right. Um, they found her body uh, July 13th. And it was just like in Carmel, like in this ravine and her body was kind of mutilated and shit like that. Just like the ones in Michigan were. So when they found out that this dude was in California at that time that that happened, they're like, Oh, he probably did that shit too. Now, they picked up uh, the other guy, Manuel, in Arizona, but he didn't seem to know anything about the murders. Like, they did lie detector and everything like that. He did know about all the thefts and shit like that because they did shit thefts together, but he didn't seem to know about any of the murders, so they think that Collins did that shit on his own. You know what I mean? So, they put Collins on trial in June of 1970. Now, they wanted to... They were pretty sure that he had done, like I said, these fucking six seven murders but they're like well really the only the, the strongest case that we have is for karen sue there's the most evidence for that so we're just going to pursue that we're not going to try and like do the other shit we just want this dude off the streets now interestingly here was i thought this was interesting too and i read this in the book so they had this defense lawyer first um the first guy that they hired was this dude named richard bryan But Richard Bryan, like, even though initially he thought the dude was innocent, like Collins, but after a while, like, he was talking to him, and he's like, I don't know, man, I think this dude might have done this shit. So he said, I'm going to make you take a... Oh, he didn't make him, but he's like, would you take a polygraph, like, private? Like, not cops? I won't tell anybody what the thing, but I'm just... I want to know. So he agreed. So Collins took a lie detector test, and then... But his lawyer didn't say what it was, but he came out and said, um, I think that you should plead not guilty by reason of insanity. Yeah. Like, he basically said, diminish responsibility. That's what it was. Right. Whereas before, he was like, oh, not guilty. Absolutely. So at that point, everybody's like, oh, he must have failed that fucking polygraph. But he wouldn't tell him like, what had happened. So uh, his mom, Collins' mom, got really pissed and fired that lawyer and got another one. You know what I mean? so uh but yeah apparently the first defense attorney thought oh my god this dude did this shit and it's maybe we should just tell him you're crazy to try to get out of this and then like the mom fired him so that's what happened so, yeah, so the whole prosecution thing, like I said, they had a lot of, they had the hair evidence, they had the blood evidence, they had all of the witnesses that had seen him picking up Karen Sue Bynum in, like, you know, before she disappeared, she wasn't seen alive after that, you know, at least seven people had positively identified him with the shirt and the hair and everything like that, so they had, like, a lot of, uh, evidence for that, and then all of the stuff from the basement, like, with the paint and all that kind of stuff. So, um... Basically, all they all the defense tried to do was say that all of those witness, uh, you know, sp- the spotting of him were erroneous. Oh, that wasn't <coughs> me, or he was trying to come up with like some other shit. You know what I mean? But it didn't seem like it was. Uh, you know, they tried to poke holes in the shit, but it didn't really seem to be. So he's all that. Somebody's asking, what
1: does it matter if the what the defense attorney thinks the guy is guilty or innocent? It... Well, and a maybe... lot
0: sometimes, like just for um,
1: it there is yeah.
0: I think well, this guy like for ethical purposes is like I don't want to defend this motherfucker Um, because I think he might have done it.
1: it, Yeah, I think it probably depends on state law, but uh, which state you're talking about. But in general, if your attorney believes you to be guilty, he's going to say the only way I can represent you is if you enter a guilty plea and we'll fight for this and this and this. Right. Um. And and if you go no no no, I I want to I want to not guilty. Verdict, you know what I mean? He's going well. You're not. You're guilty. You know, based on everything you've told me, right? And it's like you're not going to get the best defense in that.
0: If if your defense attorney of all people like thinks you're guilty, you're not going to get the best representation. So then,
1: so then that guy's going to say, you're either going to enter the, uh, a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity, and we can fight this way, or I have to come off your case. And, have and that's what this guy did. Yeah. He's like, right. I'm
0: pretty sure, right. after he saw the results, whatever they were, of the right. polygraph, he's like, I'm pretty sure this guy did it. So he recommended, yeah. he's like, right. well, plead guilty, but you know, yeah. insanity, yeah. or yeah. diminished responsibility, or whatever. The guy wouldn't do that, so...
1: Basically, lawyers take an oath to uphold the <clears throat> law, not to fucking subvert it. So... They can't come at you and say, look, I know you're guilty, We know you know you're guilty, but I'm going to get you off of this, you know, by fucking doing it. They're not actually allowed to do that.
0: Yeah, they're not really supposed to. Like right. I said, it's super unethical. Right. And this guy, it seemed like he got fired like the mom fired him, because he was like, look, I'll stay your attorney, but I, you know, you got to plead guilty, and yeah. we'll we'll try to argue diminished responsibility, right. but the mom was not having it, and she fired him, and apparently the dude was, like, relieved. Because yeah. he didn't want to have to defend this motherfucker. Right. Whatever he found out from the thing. So there was that. Um, so yeah. So like I said, they did have like a lot of physical evidence. Like I said, they had the blood they found in the uh, basement. Because like I said, they were just doing the Byneman case. They tried to, I think they brought in stuff from the other crimes. But you're not really technically supposed to do that. I think they just kind of did that as a, like a little bit of background. And I think that was another thing that the defense was trying to like argue. Was that, oh, well, you're bringing in all these... Uh, details from these other cases, and he's not being tried for that, and blah blah. But it did kind of seem like, uh, you know, uh, that the jury was kind of like disposed toward, yeah, he kind of sounds like he's guilty, you know what I mean? Uh, so the trial went on for 17 days, I think it went on. Like just
1: because were- you, in- you entered the guilty plea doesn't mean that the fight's over and that you've lost. Because. To the defense attorneys, they say, "Yeah, we're going to plead guilty to it, but I'm going to get you the best sentence you could possibly get." So then they're going to start doing all these mitigating factors and try to get you a lighter sentence. Right. So that's really all they so can do. That's at all they that can do. Point. All right. You know. I'll keep you from getting the death penalty. That kind of shit.
0: And the new defense attorney that they got, who was kind of like a young upstart type of dude, yeah. like from a pretty big, like famous firm. And like I said, the mom who was just adamant that her baby would not do any such thing, she remortgaged her house to pay, like, this huge fee Yeah. for this, like, real... Like, it wasn't, like, the top attorney at the place, but it was a guy that had just, like, some hotshot that had just started yeah. working there that decided to take the case.
1: That tends to be... that If the guy's not caught red-handed and he's not on a phone, you know, they don't have overwhelming evidence. That tends to be what families do, though.
0: Well, yeah. It's pretty typical. I mean, yeah, that's some, your mom. I get the, it, but the the it's just kind of like, like...
1: Well, there is some doubt. They don't fucking have a, anybody saying he was there. There's no witnesses, you know. So they're going to say, oh, he didn't do it.
0: Yeah, she, and she really did not think yeah. that he did. And she was like, I will help you. I will. Yeah. Right. Now, initially, I believe his defense team wanted to put him on the stand because they said, well, he's, you know, a very handsome, personable... Uh, young man and it's like if we put him on the stand like people will see that he's just this normal guy and he couldn't have done this and stuff like that however it does seem that when they were still doing I guess before they do like uh, before they put you on the stand like doing depositions and shit like that um, they said they started getting a little bit nervous because at one point when they were like asking him questions and stuff, that he would get on the stand, he had that real that temper. Like he would get like yeah. this super super rage and like angry and stuff. And they're like, yeah, we can't put this guy on the stand like this because they were shocked at like how his mood shifted, yeah. and they yeah. thought that would not play very well. Well, that
1: first, you know, attorneys know everything about how to find the truth, just and, and, and they're good at fucking. Sense and characters and shit. They just base everything on what you tell them and what you didn't tell them. When that first attorney got a hold of this guy, he was probably un- unsure, didn't know anything about the legal process, and said a lot of shit, probably, that fucking pointed towards his guilt or fucking proved his guilt. It's just that the attorney's kind of on an oath. He can't come out and say what he told. That'd be hearsay. So they can't hear right. that. He's like, nah, man, based on everything you said and the shit, the the questions you didn't ask and the, the, I know you're guilty, you know, that's what happened there. Yeah, I mean,
0: just, so they were like, well, we can't put him on the stand because if he flips out like that, then that's going to look really bad. Yeah. So, and then they went back in the judge's chambers, like the judge and the lawyers and him and his mom. And they went back there and nobody knows, obviously that's confidential, but it's like, nobody knows what was said in the judge's chambers. But they did say that when they all came out, uh, the mom was crying and Collins was crying. So and then at that point, the attorneys were like, yeah, we're not putting him on the stand. So they don't know if he like actually confessed that, yeah, I did that shit or what. They don't know what happened back there. But they were like, yeah, we're not putting him on the stand. And then at that point, they're like, "Okay, defense rests. You know what I mean? There was that. So, you know, then there were the closing arguments, and they both tried to, like, say, oh, it's, you know, oh, all the p- witnesses that saw him, it's like, it wasn't him, Maybe it was another guy that looked like him, and blah 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 He had, like, some alibis, but it turned out later that he had tried to get his roommate to say, because him and his roommate had been out on this particular day that this girl got murdered, um, like, when she got picked up from the wig shop, but he tried to make the um, roommate say that they had been doing the shit earlier that they had been doing it. And at first, he went along with it, but then, like, later on when they got him talking, he's like, no, it was more like way later in the afternoon. So he didn't have an alibi, like, for the time that she disappeared. You know what I mean? So they did get him to, like, fess up to that. And he and the fact that he tried to get his roommate to say, oh, tell the police that we were doing this shit at this time, that's it, a little sus. You know what I mean?
1: They're there fighting over the law now. Yes, you, yeah. You can fight them over the law all day long. <laughs> that's what lawyers do. And, uh, le- you know, laws and legality is is right there along with holy scripture. Okay, uh, there's a bunch of it, and it all depends upon your interpretation. And they can in- interpret and reinterpret things to get any kind of viewpoint. Well, I'm gonna look at, at it this way. You told me this, but if I look at it from this way, you didn't tell me that. You know, it's it's it, they, they do shit like that. Yeah, they're just trying to get a verdict. They're trying to they're trying to fight. They're fighting with words and concepts and shit. Yeah. Like you would, like like religious people would, would fight over the interpretation of some kind of holy scripture, because it's it's all just kind of vague and open to interpretation.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah. But I mean, at least like laws and stuff like that, like do actually exist, so it's not like something it exists, but then they about. fight over them. Well, yeah, because there's different ways of coming out shit. Like yeah. everybody kind of has. Their Although
1: own this is the, this is a special case. Vast majority of legal cases are fucking open and closed because they involve fucking fines. And shit like fucking zoning and shit like that, you know. They're not criminal.
0: It's boring shit. And even
1: the criminal shit's boring. Yeah. Most of it. Shit like this, then they start... Yeah, why
0: do you think nobody wants to do jury duty? Yeah. But yeah, so... Like I said, he never did take the stand. Um, the defense wanted him to put on the stand, but they were concerned because they thought that he would look bad because he had, like, this rage problem. Uh, and they thought that that would make him look guilty. So they advised him not to, and after he discussed some shit with his mom and his lawyers and the judge in the chambers, uh, they decided not to put him on the stand at the end. They all came out crying and shit like that. So we don't know what they said, but you can probably imagine. Now, so the jury deliberated three days and then unanimously uh, voted him guilty. First degree murder. And this, like I said, this is just the one murder because that was what they had the most evidence for. He, uh, proclaimed his innocence, though. Said, I didn't even know her. I didn't do it. Blah-de-blah. But, uh, because Michigan did not have... I don't know if it has the death penalty now, but it certainly didn't then. Uh, so he got sentenced to life in prison. Now, he went through a bunch of appeals. Like I said, he changed his name to John Norman Chapman. Uh, he wanted to get transferred to Canada for whatever reason. because uh, he would have gotten parole, like, after a little bit of time. But they shot that down. He got, um transferred to i think three or four different prisons like over the years he actually did try to tunnel out of one of them uh but was not successful but as of this recording he is still alive and is still in prison in northern michigan uh now the state of california did think about extraditing him for the murder of roxy phillips because they're pretty sure he did that shit too when he was over there on vacation but by the time that this trial went through they're like well we don't really know how much you know public interest would be served by that we're pretty sure he did it but you know it it just probably wouldn't be worth anyone's time to like bring him out here and fucking try him again for this shit so they didn't so As it stands, this is kind of fucked up, um, but so he was just convicted of the one murder. So I guess technically he's not really considered a serial killer because he was only convicted of one murder, even though he's probably responsible for the other six. But because he wasn't convicted of those six, those six murders are still officially considered unsolved, even though they're pretty sure he did them. So there's that. Um, As I said, his family have continued to support him, and he continues... To maintain his innocence. Now, as I said, the one murder, Jane Mixer, um, was actually—they uh, caught the guy that did that later on. Not until 2005, they caught the guy in 2005. Uh, his name was Gary Leiterman. and he, when they caught him, he was 62 years old. He was a nurse at the time of the murder, um, and he was the one that had uh killed her like I said they figured it out with the uh, DNA they reopened the case in two thousand and one did a DNA and it was a match on the um stockings like of the victim so he got uh convicted of that so they so the one murder that was kind of a little bit different where she was just shot and left on the gravestone and she wasn't like mutilated or anything they're pretty sure that was like a different dude
1: he shot her and left her on a gravestone yeah and did she also was had tied around her neck some stockings that weren't hers, right?
0: Yeah, like a nylon stocking that wasn't hers. Yeah, where hers. did he find that? Dunno. He just maybe had it in his fucking truck okay. or who knows, you know. But yeah, so... <laughs> what they, killed her,
1: the stocking or the shot or The shot to the head?
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure the shot did. Okay. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that one wasn't Collins, they don't think, but the other ones allegedly, pretty sure they were. I mean they were very similar and well, he seems like
1: after he was taken off the street and, that too yeah
0: that too but yeah he so, was doing it yeah but I I, right. I kind of think like I said he's still alive I don't know if he's seeing this now but
1: no no he's he's, he's locked up he <laughs> he better not they probably let him have internet access up in Michigan though Michigan's not as uh, uncivilized it's, by, <laughs> it's like Canada you know they probably let them have fucking phones cell phones in prison and the internet.
0: I mean, if you didn't do anything that bad, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to. But these kind of motherfuckers, no. You should, yeah. you should just be thrown in a hole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if they're never going to Although, let who knows? Maybe
1: room. giving them a fucking cell phone and internet is an easier way to control them. Keep them placid.
0: Yeah, you might have a point there. Yeah. So maybe give them some video games or something. Yeah. Let them blow off some steam.
1: Just let them get... A, maybe they wouldn't get in trouble world. then. Because yeah. then it was easier to handle. Yeah, in. like
0: yeah. Because if you kind of just like let them sit in there yeah. and like fucking stew, then they're gonna get look all at, fucking. Look at what bored it's and doing
1: shit. to these regular young guys <laughs> in their fucking twenties and thirties. They just sitting around playing video games, getting fat. Then you want to go outside, just shit. Do that to a fucking convict. Then they then you feed them bugs. Like old fucking what's his name he said you will eat the bugs and all that kind of shit.
0: Ben said, yeah. "Hang on, if he got twenty years in 1970, why is he still in prison? He got life in prison. Yeah, it was twenty year minimum, but yeah. it was a life sentence yeah. essentially. So yeah, he's still in there." Yeah, Life Without Parole. They're not going to let that bitch out. Not going to let that bitch out. No. Like I said, he tried to, like, scam and, like, oh, I want to be in prison in Canada. I don't know why changing his name would have allowed him to go to Canada and just, but I don't know. It didn't work, like, whatever he was trying to do. I don't know if they thought that he'd be somebody else or, like, I don't know if he's fooling anybody. You're not fooling anybody. Somebody earlier said that he um, named himself after Mark David Chapman. Like Who's that, that guy that shot, um, oh, okay, uh, John Lennon.
1: Okay, yeah. Didn't
0: he sh- he shot John Lennon, right? Mark David Chapman.
1: That happened after this case, though.
0: Wait a minute. No, yeah, but he didn't change his name until like, oh, okay, later. Oh, he changed name. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay. Oh, and then Ben said it was also his uh, mother's maiden name. Oh, okay, yep. so maybe it was just a, maybe it was just a coincidence. But yeah, so this motherfucker. Yeah. Hopefully, he's not gonna be alive much longer because
1: he'd be an old man by now holy shit
0: yeah I've, I saw a recent picture of him late 70s probably he, he looks like a grizzled old man yeah but yeah this is was a fucked up case told ya and I'm just like surprised that more people haven't heard about it prison sucks the life out of him. oh well yeah. can't feel too bad about it no, fuck not, did. not gonna lie yeah pretty much alright so are you ready to wrap it up you yeah, yeah, seem like you're oh we're gonna get something to eat Yeah, yeah be we've been on record. a while we've been on for yeah. almost three hours but yeah so hopefully you guys, uh, like not sure if enjoyed is the right word, but yeah, hopefully you guys were interested by this topic. Um, like I said, which I found very interesting, even though it's very fucked up. So be sure to come back by on Friday night for our sidetracks show, which is always fun where we just drink and talk about random bullshit. And that's always a good time. So yeah, um, thanks everybody. Like, share, subscribe give us super thanks give us all that kind of stuff and we will see you guys again on friday night